is, is rocked. Well, round number nine. Here we are. JJ Rocker. This is rocked. Unsurpassed, unrivaled boxing IQ, but look at the man in the middle. Look at the man in the middle. Billy the Kid Dib. Well, we'll do an official intro shortly, but <laughs> great to see you. Thank you for having me on, man. I appreciate it. Our last episode, round even, round eight, Brendan Bradford came and stepped in because you were held up at Sydney City Toyota and Lexus. That's correct. How's life? Life's interesting. Very interesting. Obviously, COVID's put a few restrictions on on everybody, mm. but we're getting through. Tough mm. times don't last. Tough people do. Yeah, isn't that how it goes? It is. Am I? I I'm fascinated with the automotive industry from an advertising point of view, yeah. as a full service media agency, WarrenMedia.com.au. Um, it's a your effect on business. People want to buy cars. People are buying cars. It's delivering those cars that is the problem at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of a lot of uh, cars are built overseas, so obviously COVID wasn't specific to Australia. It's affected everybody. So right from production to getting cars into the country, it's it's limited. But you work through those things. I got a little bit to say about that um, flu-like virus. Right. I'm going to limit you today. You know that, right? How long have I got? Because you could go off, yeah. right? Yeah. I'm going to time you yeah. longer than two minutes. I'm throwing hands. Does you say throwing hands? <laughs> you can't have a go too long. Throwing hands. Can't have hands. a go too long. Well, without further ado, our special guest and JJ, I want to go back to a press release that another arm of my business was involved with. Emad Dib, fine shine, great person, fine great shine person, Zetland. love Madzi, the award-winning East Village. That's correct. That's correct. Cars washed. Oh, detailed. Best in the business. Rims. Oh, rim repairs. Out of this world. Well, Billy Dib knows about rim repairs with my car because he parked his Lexus in a very tight garage in inner city Sydney. Yep. And it's uh, it's quite an experience. I managed to get it in, no problem. That's I don't it. know about you, Mark. I don't know about your driving skills. Yeah. <laughs> Let me tell you, by the looks of his rims, not very good. Let me tell you. They've been to fine shine. Yeah, now repaired. Now repaired. On several occasions. Yeah, that's, that's correct. Come on, Mark. I Before I was interrupted yeah. and interrupted myself. Of course. Billy the Kid Dib, from a press release that I wrote back before the Tevin Farmer fight, and the rest is history. But the narrative stays pretty much the same, and I read from it. Billy the Kid Dib will go down in the history books as one of Australia's great fighters and a great Australian story. Here's a small Muslim kid from Engadine who suffered from chronic asthma. Here's a kid who was bullied and scared to go to school. Here's a kid that became a stupendous amateur talent who missed the Australian Olympic team due to a silly motocross accident in the lead-up to the Olympic trials. He took part, I believe. He took part. Injury played a role. He was beaten. And here's a kid who was still offered that very Olympic dream by the Lebanese Olympic Committee, and he said no. He said, I fight under one flag, which is Australia. Great human being. Billy the Kid did welcome. Thank you for having me, Mike. Welcome. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And we'll touch on that life and part of the journey as well. Um, and this episode is brought to you by powerboxboxing.com. 
premium fight equipment and apparel, now giving Australian boxing worldwide premium quality gear. Mr. Worldwide Power Box Boxing. You drop the E in power and you go to powerboxboxing.com.au. Mum, dads, nams and pops, boys and girls, whether you have your name designed, personalised like JJ Rocker, says BMF. Bam, motherfucker. Custom fit or whether you're playing or climbing to the top, like our Northern Beaches Super middleweight loco beast, Matteo Tapia. For the hungry and the undefeated in life, you drop the E in power and you go to powerboxboxing.com. Exhibit A. Best in the business. This is Rocked. Please feel free to join me, gentlemen. This is this is very quiet right now. <laughs> this is what you call very quiet. You're just doing so well, Mark, you know. <laughs> well, yeah. While I'm at it. Warrenmedia.com.au and the new revamped, refreshed, hey, just off subject, websites. Wow. Um, stressful, lot of, stressful times, I hear. Yeah, but they're an ongoing process. So I just want to say to all the small businesses, medium businesses and large businesses, probably not Sydney City, Toyota and Lexus because you'd have a full-time dedicated staff just to the website, correct? Uh, incorrect, but we can go with correct for the podcast sake. Absolutely. <laughs> This is going great so far. <laughs> so at warrenmedia.com.au, we listen, we create, we plan, we produce, we deliver. Radio, television, print, and now a full-service digital agency with 95 years family media experience, warrenmedia.com.au. And so without any further ado, we're joined by one of my favorite humans, Billy the Kid Dib. That's big, bro. That's my big, bro. And I need to hear a proper intro. We've got to do it, <laughs> abbreviated, do it properly. An abbreviated, but something like, with 53 fights, with 45 by way of KO, six losses. The former two-time world champion from Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, presenting Billy the Kid Deep. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, that's right. yeah, that's what we want. That's what we want. Hey, Rod, can you throw some sound effects in there? That was one of my best. <laughs> it was. It was. Start the conversation. Billy, a lot going on, a lot going on, and all paths seem to lead North Queensland. That's correct. Townsville, Wednesday night, and Zoo versus Horn. And uh, exciting fight, 50-50 fight, has captured the imagination of fight fans around the world. Most definitely. It broadcast on ESPN globally, I do believe. And in Australia, that's all everyone's talking about. Yeah, and it's, it's definitely an intriguing matchup. You know, you've got two different styles here. You've got a guy that basically has no style, just makes up of what he does. You know, like when you, when you think of Jeff Horn, he's... He's not your typical boxer. It's not like you can go to a. Uh, it's it, it, you know. Would it be safe to say it's like preparing for a Prince Nassim, a style, a style that you can't prepare for? You know. So Timmy. Yeah, I, I, I didn't know what you yeah. when you said he's got no style. You were yeah. saying he's got a very awkward yeah, style. Yeah, yeah, it's, yeah, not, yeah. it's so. something you cannot prepare for. You know, Jeff Horn brings a very awkward style. It uh, you know, it's got elbows, it's got headbutts, it's got knees, it's got whatever you want, anything to win, basically. Is the style that Jeff Horn has. He just roughhouses you. And I don't think Tim's ever been in with something like that. No. And how do you prepare for something like that? Well, that's that's exactly right. It's hard to replicate that style in sparring. 
it's hard to replicate that style anywhere. There's very few fighters in the world that have the same style as Jeff, whether it's the, the fact that he does roughhouse, even his volume, the angles he punches from. I don't think Jeff knows where his next punch is going to come from a lot of the time. So I agree. How, how you read that as his opponent, very, very difficult. That spooks me a bit. I don't know if Jeff Horn knows where his next punch is coming from. I heard those words almost word for word from the, the greatest of all time in so far as trainers go here in Australia, Johnny Lewis. Yep. Before Zoo, before Kostya Zoo, talking of Tim Zoo, before Kostya Zoo got into the ring with the now infamous and victorious fight with Zab Judah. Yeah. And Johnny said, Mark, I don't think Zab knows where his next punch is coming from. Well, there you go. And we saw the devastating result. You saw that. Everyone saw it. it was just one one sweet punch, and it was it was basically nearly lights out. That's what it was. But the first round, if we're going down the time tunnel, and if you're listening out there, no matter where you are, London town or West Hollywood, g'day to Justin Fortune on Melrose, our good friend. Wow, what a show. You know, Justin was on the roof with a forty five and a shotgun protecting his premises. <laughs> he came down off the roof to speak to Rock. He does not play Justin Fortune. Wow. Does not play. He's our man. Billy, he's our man. Justin's a good guy, mate. Very he's, good guy. He's a great guy. But that so if you in Las Vegas, it's a big shout out to you guys too, and all the team at Top Ranker, wherever you are. Hope you're enjoying Rocked Round Nine with one of our favourite people, Billy the Kid Dib. But that first round, Zab Judah, Kostya Zoo. I guess that the script, that's exactly how the script played out. It was exactly what everyone expected. Zab's super speed, you know, against Kostya Zoo, who had a very, you know, upright plotting style. You know, and you, you could sort of see what Costa was trying to do, but Zab was fast and flashy. And everyone, I don't know if you remember this, but a lot of people picked Zab to win. A lot Most of people, did. yeah. Zab's no joke. Yeah, no, Zab, Zab was, was a, no listen, joke. Zab, Zab was on fire at that time. He was an amazing, amazing fight. He was coming off good wins against Alan Vesta. Mm. You know, he, had, he was on he was on a roll. You know, I remember him and um, uh, Costa fought in the undercard on the same show together. Yeah. I think, if memory serves me right, they fought on the same card and basically showcased their ability before their big matchup. Yeah. And um, I think, uh, if my memory serves correct, um, Zab Judah fought a guy called Alan Vesta. And basically, you know what? He, um, man, he just put on a spectacle that night. And then when he got in with Costa, I mean, he was super confident that he was going to do a job on Costa. And a lot of people had been picking against Costa because they had just seen a really lacklustre performance against Shambay Mitchell. Yeah, who's no joke. Yeah, and Shambay was, no Shambay was not... Great he, fighter. Yeah, but he was no Zab Judah. Yeah, that's and, correct. And he was giving Costa a hard time, so everyone was like, if this guy's giving Costa a hard time, then what Zab's going to destroy do? him. Then when Costa landed that punch, it was a good night, Irene. You know what I mean? Costa, Costa hit him and Zab didn't know where he was. The lead-up to that fight against Zab Judah, the weigh-in. Chris Condon, the mayor, the unofficial mayor of Townsville, head of security as far as Johnny Lewis and I a concern. Glenn Jennings is there as well. Zab Judah and his team, his crew, that you know how they are. Yeah, I know. I know exactly how they are. They were going to put us in body bags. <laughs> we're going to send you home to Australia nah. and all of this. No, all, hey, no, I'm telling the story. All talk, all talk. Well, I was <laughs> going to say the mayor of Townsville, Chris Condon, fronted straight and centre and said, let's dance now. He's a real life cowboy. <laughs> and Chrissy Condon, he, he wasn't backward in coming forward. And then at the weigh in, Zab had just been presented 
I believe, respectfully correct me if I'm wrong, with his first child. Yeah, that's correct. And Kostya... Very smart. Kostya simply said quietly, congratulations on the birth of your new son. He softened him up. He did. No. He softened him up. It rattled Judah. No, the zoo was so zoo was just so eloquent and not phased by any of the drama and all of the hype around him. All he could say is congratulations on the birth of your new son. Yeah, how cool is that? And, and um, I'll remind you now, Mark, during that time when he did that, Zab was carrying on at the press conference yeah. and da-da-da-da yeah. and making a racket. And- yeah. I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that. And then Costa hit him with that. That You know what that does? That just that puts you right back in that humble spot. <laughs> <Is> that- <laughs> he humbled him right away. And, and see, with Costa, and please, if you're an amateur fighter, go to one of the amateur superstars, don't try this at home kind of stuff. Billy said that Costa Zoo was plotter. And, and he is quite right, but he, he, he certainly wasn't flashy boxing skills on your toes and dance, although he could. But he could, but he could box. He could. Well, you don't you, become so, world amateur champion listen, you saw, you without, saw, a, without the best lap jab in the world. Let Correct. me just cut you off for a second. You saw what he did to Ben Taki, right? Yeah, He I put on there. a boxing Ringside. exhibition. That was the night of Ivanka Trump. Yeah. It was I digress. A, what, what an absolute boxing. Masterclass. Ma- oh, my God. Did you see how well he boxed in that fight? He just picked him to pieces. So, you know, Costa Zoo was very versatile. And you saw that against Vernon Forrest as well. You know, he could use speed, he had power, he had, he had it all. That's the truth. But going back to Zab, Zab had incredible amateur credentials as well. Mm. Zab wasn't that type of fighter that could just throw out the jab and it was only reflected in the pro ranks. He went on to have great wins post-Costa as well. Oh, yeah, and he went on to become undisputed champion after Costa. So Correct. So shows you how great he was. Exactly. He never fought another Costa Zoo, and I don't believe he was ever the same. I don't think he, well, a lot of fighters don't come back from well, that sort of devastating knockout. Well, I'll tell you something. The fights against um, Corey Spinks, okay. he had. A, I think one of them was a loss, and then he come back to avenge it. And wow! Do you rate Corey Spinks in the same class as Costas? No, nah, definitely. Look, Costas is in another realm. You know what I mean? But there, there was some great fighters in there. You know what I mean? Like, come on, like Zab Judah gave Floyd Malva a run for his money in the first five, six rounds. He did absolutely. You know? So, so going off that, you have to say that. Zab mustn't have been that far gone after the loss to Costa Zoo. And let's let's be honest right now. Costa Zoo against Floyd Malver, that would have been a good fight. But I, I believe... Costa you know, Zoo, Oscar De La Hoya, yeah. we're talking about it on the way yeah. here. Yeah, Costa Zoo, Oscar De La Hoya. They would have all been great fights. Obviously, look, they avoided Costa for a reason. You know, whether they you avoided think, him... Hang on, whoa, I, I stop. Know, I don't know stop if that was the a good press. Yeah, go ahead. You're telling me the money Mayweather dodged Costa Zoo? No, I'm not saying that at all. But, I thought but, you just did. No, no, what I'm saying is... Some of the fighters coming up through that through that time mm. made a choice to go in another direction. You know, you know, you might not know this, but do you know that Prince Nassim wanted to fight Floyd Malva when Floyd was fighting at Super Featherweight? When he beat Angel Manfredi, after he beat Manfredi, he called out Prince Nassim Hamed. I got no problem with that yeah. at that weight. Yeah, no problem at all, Billy. Yeah, at that weight. Yeah, yeah. Your idol, the Prince. He was a great. This is rocked. Just back to Costa Zoo and that fight, that infamous fight with Zab Judah for, for all the straps, the WBC, the WBA, the IBF, IBF yep. the Ring, Ring Magazine. magazine. Yeah, that's yep, right. that's right. That first round, danger. But And, and Billy said the word plod, and he, in, in a way he's respectfully correct. That it's is right. correct. It's okay. It's, it's radio. It's a podcast, but it's a visual as well. With that is Moving that is phones correct, off the desk. Plodding is measurement. That's Correct. what it is. And, and Zoo in particular, even when you talked about Vernon Forrest, was standing 
within an inch at any time from disaster. But such was his head movement. He could slip and make you pay Well, l- and, and bring a southpaw yeah. onto the right hand. Is that not what his game plan was, That's Billy? exactly what his game plan was. You know what? Costa Zou was very good at fighting southpaws. Now, I will take you back to that Zab Judah fight for just a second. Please do. Zab only landed really one good shot. It was the uppercut. That's correct. What came after that was basically Costa Zou making him miss with nearly everything. Mm. It, but, but it looked flashy. On mm. Zab's end. It did. It won him the round. It did. He it won gave, the round. And, 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 the and, first round. and it gave oh, yeah, a lot absolutely. of people confidence that he was going to beat Zoo because of that. But Zoo was cool, calm, collect. He knew exactly what he was doing. He knew doing. it was coming. Look, he was, he was, look, he was set in that right hand. If you watch it, you could see he was timing it. It was just perfect timing. You know? I was, and I that's was, what Zoo was really good at. His timing was phenomenal. Of course. Wow. I was reporting for Australian radio about five or six different networks at the time. And I've never been so super confident. In, jo- in, in, in Costa prior to that fight. Yeah, I won't go. And it was a fair bit of money back in the day. I, I, I had a wager. Johnny hates betting yep. to that degree. Oh, he'd have a little flutter. with it. He'd have a flutter on the horses now and then. And, uh, and with Marge, his beautiful mum, God rest. And Costa didn't want to know about punting. But I'd never been so confident. As soon as Johnny said, as, as you alluded to, Mark, he's that fast that he doesn't know where the next one is coming from. And I went, that's as close to Johnny saying, mate, we win this fight. But and that's why what? I was so confident. I understand what you're saying. Yeah. But when I said that about Jeff Horn, yeah. that is the furthest thing yeah. from confidence in Tim. Mm. That is the furthest thing. When I say Jeff Horn doesn't know what his next punch is, mm. Tim – that's who, dangerous for Tim. Of course it is. That's dangerous for of Tim. Of course it is. That's you very pre- dangerous. Listen, you can't prepare for a horn. Listen, let's just talk a little bit about statistics. When Mundine was going to fight Horn, yeah. a lot of people picked Horn, but a lot of people picked Mundine. Right? They thought that Mundine's, you know, ring savvy and that he'd been hit by people like Danny Green. Yeah. How's a guy like Jeff Horn going to hurt him? But it's not that it was the it was the punch that um Mundine didn't see. It just yeah. he didn't see it. And that's the one that hurts you. I know from boxing myself, it's the punch that you don't see that hurts you. Absolutely. It's not the punch that you see. If I, if you, if I stand here right in front of you, Mark, and I say to you, Mark, line me up and punch me as hard as you want, I'm prepared for that. You're not going to hurt me. But if I'm looking away and then I turn back and bang, you hit me, you shock me. Yeah, It's different a punch story. that I didn't see. It's a punch that you don't see that hurts you in boxing. And with Jeff Horn, he throws so many of them punches that you don't see, one of them's bound to land and one of them's bound to hurt you. E.g., you saw what happened with the Rafa rematch. Exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. Like, after the first Rafa fight, you would say, you know what, Jeff Horn would be finished. And really, when you think about it, Jeff Horn's got two losses in his record, one to Zarafa and one to Crawford. Isn't that correct? That's correct. So, you know. I was at ringside for the Crawford fight, yeah, but so, I, I, I'm enjoying look, listening to listen, you. There's, there's, listen, there's, yeah. there's, it's, when you're talking about Crawford, you're talking about a fighter that's in another realm. Now you're talking about another Costa Zoo, right? No disrespect to Tim. I liked him. He's a good kid. And I told Tim when he was young he was going to do great things in boxing. But he ain't no Crawford and he ain't no Costa Zoo, right? He's an up-and-comer. Yep. And they're making the right moves with Tim at the moment to try to place him. Have they bitten off more than they could chew with Horn? I don't know. Yep. But but it's not an easy fight, that's for sure. No. It is not an easy fight by any means. Don't, you know, people that are saying, oh, Tim Zoo's going to beat him. And they don't know nothing about boxing. 
Listen, you're talking about a guy that's hardened. He's battle-tested. This is a kid that's been in with the best in the world, Pacquiao, Crawford. You know, he's been in with the Zarafas. Yeah. I don't think Tim has been in with anybody on the caliber of Zarafa. But that's, that's the thing. If we're going to go resume for resume, then Jeff Horn smokes him inside of a round. What has to happen is Tim has to show more next Wednesday night than he has ever shown in his entire life. Yeah, he's going to have to go to a place that he's never exactly. been Exactly. And, and I'll tell you one thing. He will go to a place that he's never been before because because Horn's going to take him there. Correct. Because that's what Horn does. He takes you to the, you know. Deep uh, waters. And look, it, it, there's no doubt that Tim might hurt him. Horn might hurt him back. You, it would be, it's going to be a blood fest. I guarantee you. Listen, yeah. there's going to be so many headbutts and elbows and you name it in that fight. Then It ain't going to be a fight that's going to be over in one round. No. It ain't going to no. be another, you know, same Mundine versus Horn situation. You know what I mean? And that was a big shock for me because I was picking – you know, I picked there together. I picked Chalk to win, you know. So, but you know, Horn shocked me on that night, and yeah, I mean, he shocked a lot of people. But I feel that the fight against Tim is, you know, in my in my opinion, I feel like Tim is taking a little bit too much of a step up too early. That's my opinion. If you're a Zoo supporter, strap yourself in in the first four rounds because Jeff it's is going to be gonna dirty. Give him hell. It's going to be dirty. Everything else. It's going to be dirty. I know. It's going to be a dirty dog fight. That's for sure. This is rocked. Well, a guy that knows a lot about Jeff Horn has danced twice. I don't know if you'd call them a dance. He's had 31 fights and 27 wins and 16 by way of KO. He's the Victorian Michael Zarafa, the pretty boy. And he's on the line. Michael Zarafa, welcome to Rock Round number nine. You're with Mark Warren, JJ Rocker and Billy the Kid Dib. Welcome, my friend. I appreciate it, boys. Hope you're all well. We're all well, brother. Mate, I'm just looking at the odds here. You've had two wars with Jeff Horn, so we focus our attention to Jeff Horn for now. Two wars there. Two of the great fights in in Australian boxing for the ages, I'm pretty sure, comfortably to say. Yeah, classics. Mate, the bookmakers are saying this. 275 Jeff Horn. $1.41 $1.41 Tim Zoo. Does Tim Zoo, who boasts a paper punch CV of 15 and 0 with 11 by way of KO, does he step up a massive class on Wednesday from Townsville and you watch all the action on main event? Look, man, I think it's crazy. For once, I'm going to have to agree with Jeff Horn. You know, we, we don't see eye to eye, but I'm going to have to agree with him on this. It's, it's crazy how he's gone um, the underdog. You know, he's done, he's been Manny Pacquiao. Um, he's won a piece with me. He's been in there with Crawford, and he's fought some, you know, some really good boys. Um, you know, like I said, I say it all the time. If you take away Tim's last name, I believe he wouldn't be even getting this opportunity. And the fact that you know his favourite going into this fight, it's uh, it's crazy. And um, I, I truly believe Jeff Horn will, um, you know, with his awkward style and his toughness, will get will get the W. Michael, it's JJ. I need to ask you when all of this came together. Did you feel disrespected in a sense? I mean, it's 1-1. We're on the verge of arguably Australia's greatest trilogy, and we don't get it. Yeah, 100%. You know, Australia deserve it. You know I mean? We, we've put on two great, you know, fights, and, um, you know, everyone's saying we need a trilogy. We want a piece. We need to settle it. You know, that's just how it should happen. And like I said, Tim Zhu, the fact that he's getting this opportunity after 15 fights um, you know, it's just nuts. You know, Billy can, can vouch for me here. You know, he, we had to do it tough. You know what I mean? We had to fight our way, work our way up the ranks. 
and, and get these opportunities. And he's getting these opportunities after 15 fights due to his last name. And um, I, I just, yeah, it's, it's disappointing. And um, but again, I don't have the power to change that. Mick, so I tell you, did, I, I, I could tell you, Mick, it definitely is because his last name is Zoo. That's why. You know, what I mean, it's it's. That's hundred percent. You, know, you have to understand, boxing is a business and it's a selling point. It's, One second, it's, it's Mike. A, watch this. I thought Billy was just going to catch a, a water midstream, but we will because it's okay. Let's pass that over to Billy, the kid. Just just put in the so, water in it. Sorry, Billy, we interrupted. So, as a saint here, you know, at, at the end of the day, boxing boxing is a business, and obviously, it makes if it makes um, dollars, it makes sense, and that's exactly why the fight's happening. It makes sense because they're going to make money out of it. Exactly right, and uh, you know that's why they're trying to they're trying to bring me into the mix of things because um, obviously, with the virus and everything that's going around, um, you know, they can't leave the country and they can't get people down here so uh, it's just going to go around in circles I think if the winner obviously I want the winner and you know there's talks that I think I you deserve the winner. the winner brother I think so you deserve I. the winner I think so I. I'd love to see Michael Zarafa in there with the Tim Zoos and the Jeff Horns again you know what I mean I I always believed you were going to win the rematch you know I was I was banking on you to do it um, unfortunately you know for due to circumstances it didn't happen but in, in, a, in a rematch that if I think when the trilogy happens I definitely would be picking you again that's for sure you're a legend, brother. And like I said, it's, it's just unfinished business. And, and for me, it's it's to give back to the five fans, Australian boxing. You know, that's the real winner here, you know, Australian boxing. Um, and as everyone's asking for it, you know what I mean? And there needs to be a decider, you know what I mean? If it was 2-1, well, he's got the upper hand or or I had the upper hand, but we won a piece. That's right. And uh, it, there has to be a trilogy. And Jeff said numerous times that he'll never fight me again. But like he said, boxing's a business and money talks. Um but yeah, they're the only two that really interest me, you know, is Tim Zhu and, and Jeff Warren. And Tim Zhu's called me out numerous times. You know, we call him the magician down at our gym because every time the fight approaches, he disappears. <laughs> Tell us about the gym. Tell us about the gym. By the way, I'm, I'm repping today. I'm repping today. Team Ellis, Ellis Boxing, out of Keelor East. You're doing plenty of work down there, dude. It's a good crew. G'day to Anton and Nick and Jakey Boy and Ty. They're awesome crew. Yeah, awesome great crew. Great crew. Uh, young boys and um, they're hungry, you know. They're hungry for success, you know, so... It's good to be around guys that are on the same, you know, journey and level you are. And, um, yeah, we, we, we get along. It's like a family down there. Um, the boys are grouse. And, uh, yeah, we're just working, working in silence. We're always putting in that work hard. And, um, you know, like I said, um, my next fight is being announced soon. Um, and, yeah, like I said, we're just, we're just training yeah. away and, and we're always ready. We're always staying ready. And, Mick, is that going to be against Chalk? Uh, look, you know, Mundine's called me out. And, you know, you can't. You can't a lot of people bag Mundine, and Mundine is uh, a legend in the sport. Someone I've, I've personally looked up to, you know, growing up in the sport, and uh, he dominated the sport and, and and two sports for that matter. You know what I mean? And you can't take away what he's done and accomplished. And you know, he wants to he wants to make the greatest return in in boxing. Um, and you know, if he passes all his medicals and and and, and he's feeling as good as he says he is and says he's going to do the things he does, uh, look, I'm, I want to be the man that gives him that opportunity. He believes he can knock me out, and he's talked a lot of smack. And I've said to him, be careful what you what you wish for because uh, the fight could could happen. And um, yeah, I'm a hungry I'm a hungry a hungry cat as he puts it. So I want to go out there and make statements. And if it has to be Mundine, if I have to hurt Mundine, so be it. And and outside, obviously with COVID, there's restrictions to domestic fighters. Outside of Mundine, who else are you looking at? For me, like I said, I've cleaned out my backyard. You know, yeah. I, I only want. You know, there's a lot of people calling me out. Uh, but they're, they're only 10 fights in. They're, they're, you know, just starting out their career, it'd be, it'd be stupid. And like Billy said, you know, it's, it's a business. Um, you know, you got to be smart. If it don't make dollars, it don't make sense. Or if it doesn't if it doesn't move my, you know, career to a world title, there's no need for those fights. And um, you know, I've had tough fights. I've been all around the world. I've fought the best. 
And uh, the only ones that interest me is Tim Zhu and, and, and Jeff Horn. Michael, digressing. I think, in short, Billy and JJ, the dollars make the sense that make the pay-per-view. The trilogy will transgress boxing fans. They're, the people will be screaming for a trilogy should Jeff Horn get through this fight. You're at middleweight. Can you come to junior middle quite easily? 100%. You know, these guys are trying to duck me. I said, that's fine. I'll come to you. You know what I mean? If, if, it, if you offer me to fight at 66 kilos, I, I can get down to 66 kilos. Wow. I can do it all. Wow. And, you know, Nick- I've told these guys, you know, they can't run. They, they can talk all they want. And, you know, when the cameras, when the green lights on the cameras, you know, they say what they want to say. But off cameras, I know I know what they're saying. And, um, you know, they're just running scared, but they can't run forever. Well said. Next question and staying with weight. I was there when a fried up, sucked up Jeff Horn. Some people will say, well, you know, what was he doing there with Terence Bud Crawford? But, but he did nine rounds. He did nine rounds as a welter against possibly, possibly, arguably. One of the best. Pound for pound, Correct. the best in the world. He did the nine rounds. He's been in with a guy that Justin Fortune, I'll come back to Justin on Michael Zarafa shortly, he's been in with a guy that will go down potentially in the top three or four pound for pound of all time when you look at weight divisions in Manny Pacquiao. You saw what Jeff Horn, when he pulled off a miracle in Brisbane, forget about the camps and the talk of what came out of the of the Manny camp, he did that. And I think that's what you're talking about, this this giant jump. And I'll come back again to the weight, and I'm incorporating Billy and also JJ, in that he goes from welter, and he steps up to junior middle. He is a monster at junior middleweight. Hmm. Do you agree? 100%. You know, and as much as me and Jeff don't get along and, you know, we, we have our differences, you can't – you've got to give him respect. You know, he's done things that – fighters and and myself for that for that you know point that you know he's beaten an eight-time world champion he's a world champion a former world champion he's been there with terence crawford who i believe is the best pound for pound fighter in the world um you know you can't you got to give him credit and i just believe that tim zoo is just jumping too quick and um you know jeff horn is just one awkward fighter and or, can't do what you want to do or tim zoo shows the entire world that hey this is the real deal. You are dealing with Zoo Crew 2. The last word with Billy Dib and JJ Rocker, a question each before this man heads to the gym. Billy? What's your tip for the fight? I want to know your tip for the fight. Uh, for me, I think it's going to start off pretty slow. And uh, I just believe the, the aggressiveness from Jeff Horn, it would just be too much uh, for Tim Zoo. Uh, but, you know, like I said, if Tim Zoo can ups- upset and prove that he is you know, worthy enough to beat Jeff Horn. I've told it and I've said it in front of everybody. You know, his journey ends with me when he's man enough to step up and take that fight. Wow. And I've got to ask you, Michael, in the implications of this fight, it looks likely that a win- the winner could move on to world title honours. Would you be interested in taking the loser of the fight? 100%. Like I said, you know, if it's Jeff Horn, we have unfinished business, yep. um, you know, and that's that's in the trilogy fight. And, and if it's Tim Zhu, it's a blockbuster. And, um, you know, I'm looking forward to, to putting on a show and, like I said, giving the fight fans what they deserve, you know, because boxing in Australia, there's a lot of people that are, are taking, um, you know, pretty crappy fights just to, to cushion their their, um, their record. But um, I'm all, like I said, from day one, I've always been about putting on a show and win, lose or draw. Um, you know, I want to give them my absolute all. Just in closing, and thank you for your time, we were 
we had the great fortune of interviewing Justin Fortune uh, in isolation, if you like. He came down off the roof. He was on the roof with a forty-five and a shotgun, and that's not exaggerating. Well, he did it for one night anyway. But he, he said to JJ and I, in closing, he said, we like Michael Zarafa. We want Zarafa. I want Zarafa. I can improve Zarafa. Are you – is there talks underway when they open borders that you could be fighting out of Fortune Gymnasium in LA? 100%. You know, we've we've um, touched base backwards and forwards. And, um, yeah, look, there's a few promoters over there. You know, Eddie Hearn, obviously, when I was on the promotion there with um, Cal Brooks. And, you know, there's been a lot of talks of me getting over there and making some serious noise with Justin and, and some big promoters over there. And, uh, and like, obviously, you guys know and Billy at first hand would know, you know, overseas is where it all happens, um, mm. you know. Yeah in England and in America and, and you know I've got a lot of a lot of people reaching out you know top rank um, you got that off. you got ant on topic you, you got the male model in your corner yeah exactly right <laughs> you know the, pretty, the prettiest of all boys mate so. <laughs> is he head of the is he the, is he the chairman of the pretty boys oh, mate I've got some competition I'll tell you that mate oh, um, don't, don't. but I would definitely want to get over there and like I said you know there's a lot of people who want to put me on now um, you know like top rank in match room and um, you know MTK and some some awesome stuff and um, happy Happening behind the scenes, and once we get a green light, um, I'm definitely making noise. You know, my career's only just begun. I'm 28 years old. I'm top 10 in the world. You know, and um, I've dominated my country now. So it's time to go over and and mix it again with the big boys where I believe I belong. Isn't it nice? We've got a red hot division. We'll talk more and let Michael go. But in going, Michael, you overcame extreme um, tragedy uh, over 12 months ago. Help me if I'm, you know, maybe 18 months ago. And God rest his soul, the cowboy Dwight Ritchie. Um, and you endeared yourself the way you handled things. You've had a lot of pressures outside the ring as well. I just hope you know around Australia, and I know we're a small community, the boxing community, but sports fans around Australia, uh, and Tim for that matter, and Jeff, mate, you're tremendous ambassadors for the sport. And Michael, as long as nobody is hurt, for more than 10 seconds, then I say, get it on. Let's get this trilogy happening. Most definitely. 100%. Definitely. 100%. definitely I agree. That's what we're working forward. And I, I just can't wait, like I said, to be back under the lights and um, doing what I do best. And what You're I tipping doing. horn in which round as we cut you off? <laughs> which um, round? Horn and which round? Uh, I'm going to go horn in seven rounds. Wow. Horn by KO in seven. Michael Zarapa, the pretty boy. Thanks for being on the show. I appreciate it. Much love and respect, boys. Thanks, Enjoy. guys. This is Rocked. This is Rocked Round 9. Mark Warren with JJ Rocker. And our man, the two-time world champion, Billy the Kid Dib. You know, Mark, just off getting off the phone with uh, Michael Zarafa yeah. and talking about, you know. You look a bit like Michael <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> you do. I think he looks a little bit like me. I'm yeah, older. Yeah. I'm older, yeah, that's right? right. Anyhow, anyhow, looks like him. You know let's what? Let's talk about something else in a second. So you are so the, right. The boys are talking about, yeah. um, you know, obviously world title honors and things like that, right? Yeah. I this morning, just this morning, I woke up. First thing I did when I woke up in the morning after praying or what have you, I looked on Box Rec. Yeah. Or I looked up Fine News just to look at the the, the landscape of the junior middleweight yeah, like, division. Yeah. Let me just tell you some names. Yeah. Julian Williams, Jared Hurd. I'm talking about guys that are around the way as well. Charlo brothers, right? You got Charlo at the top of the Listen, tree, have you not? At junior middle. Just let him go. I'm just saying. Just let him go. Uh-huh. Looking at that landscape now, uh-huh. and no disrespect to Jeff Horn, no disrespect to Zarafa, no disrespect to Tim. Could they even tie the shoelaces of any of those guys? It's it's a hot division. 
Seriously. It's a hot division. I'm, I'm, I'm being honest. Like this, this is like no joke. You're talking about some great fighters down there in, in the water boxing. So even if, let's just say... T- Tim I'm, I'm prepared, Tim, to, Tim, I'm, Tim I'm prepared now, to put Michael Zarafa no, Tim, in the mix okay, yeah, but, and Jeff Horn okay. in the mix at right, Junior Middle. No, no, no problem. And, and Tim and will Tim? find out. Awesome. No, or Tim. I'll find out after next Wednesday. Listen, listen. T- these guys are in a whole different landscape. I'm, I'm telling you. I'm telling you, this is the you're comp- alluding to what I normally say about the quantum leap. No, aren't no, the, you? The, 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 listen, the competition is on a whole nother level. It's another level. You understand? The, these guys, like, just just look at the landscape of the, the junior midweight division, the champions, like even Ericsson, Lubin, and all these guys. Good names, good great fighters. Names. They've been in with some great talent. So even if Tim was to win this fight, where does he go from there? Because can I tell you something? Once you go up, there's no coming back down. He can only keep going up. That's correct. Tim Zoo. That's correct. Are, are, are they trying to fast track him to a world title or what are they doing? They want it because sometimes you get there too early, you get hurt, you're never the same again. I'll tell you so what, what they're what doing. What is it? What is it? I'll tell you what they're doing. Tell me. And you know what they're doing. I don't know what they're doing. Oh, I'll tell you what they're doing. You tell me, Mark. We've got to. Well, you see, well, stay on microphone. Can you stay on microphone? <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, oh, I'm going to, you know, you're shooting stuff at me and I'm not, you know, I'll tell you what they're doing. Here we go. We're talking about Jeff Horn, who has beaten Manny Pacquiao, who I've said will go down in the top three or four pound-for-pounders of all time, and that'll create an argument. Someone out there will say, he's he's really flying high today. Yep. And JJ will probably say, well, you should see him every other day. I He's done that. Yes. He's done that. He's been in with pound-for-pound pound, the best in the world in Jeff in Terence Bud Crawford. Yep. Mm-hmm. He's done that. Jeff Horn jumps into the ring with most at that weight at junior middle. No problem at all. And because of the style, wins plenty of fights. Cost With, with regards to Tim, the last name is Zoo. Hear me out. The last name is Zoo. Yes. America, as you know, Billy, better than I, will pay a pretty penny to get another Zoo out of Las Vegas. Part one. Part two, his last name is Zoo. Russia will pay big money to have Tim Zhu fight out of the Dream Wars for Bill Morty, to fight in Red Square, yep. to fight out of Russia. You know this business and show business. Will the Americans find a way, if Tim is up to it, and it is a 50-50 fight, and wow, that's why I love this fight next Wednesday, mm. if he prevails, do you see the Americans fast-tracking him to a world title? Well, if they do, I don't think it's a good idea. But that's not the question. I don't, I don't think it's a good idea. I do not think that – I just think I like the way that Tim was moving prior to this fight. Slow but steady, yep. picking the right fights. Listen, when you're talking about Zoo's last opponent, it was Jack Brubaker. No disrespect. That's his man. But, but, talk but, to, but, talk no, to no, but him. You, but, keep, but, you keep aiming your Jay, guns Jay, at me. Can I just say something? Yeah. Brubaker is only a little guy. Well, right? A welterweight. Yeah, okay. And let me tell you something. If for, if it, for anything, listen, Jeff Fennick threw the towel in. Tim didn't knock him down. Tim didn't knock him out. That's correct. So God bless Jack Brubaker who stepped up okay. and took the fight. Okay, correct. but what I'm saying is, you're talking about a welterweight. This guy's like you're going now. You're going to get in with Je- with Jeff Horn, a fully fledged junior middle. junior middleweight, somebody that probably walks around just under. Light heavyweight. Well, why don't you ask me, Mark? Come on the record and tell me who's going to win the fight. Ask me. I've been sitting here, okay. but you, you, you guys are playing guessing games together, no, no, no. and you're shooting yeah, stuff at go. me from Just nowhere. So why not say, "Come right, on, then, Mark. Mark so who Mark, wins the fight Mark, and how and Mark, when?" Who's your pick? Honestly, for the fight coming up on Wednesday. It's not that funny, JJ. <laughs> no, it's not that funny. It's a fight. Now, listen, who's your? You pick? were meant to fight in Joe Rogan. 
Yeah, you were meant right. to get Joe. Yep. Where's Joe? He's coming. Who's your pick? Right. I will be sit. Okay. I don't want a pick. You don't want a pick. You I want to sit on the fence. Well, if you let, I, see, you know, they say that I cut Can't people play off. both sides. Oh, this is it's a not three. Allowed. This is a three. It's not that funny, that Rod. Not allowed. I'm talking to Rod over here, who's a master with the master with the technology, and he's sitting there cackling. Mark, you're stalling. I'm trying Let's to answer the question. Will you stop rushing me? I would like to put it this way. In that, I will be sitting there going for Tim Zoo. Yes. I'll probably wear a Tim Zoo T-shirt. Love it. Maybe a Costa Zoo T-shirt where we photo statted the pigtail on the back of a white T-shirt. I love it. But if I was hung out the window, as I have said before, by the ankles, 30 or 40 metres in the air, and said, which way is your bet? At junior middle, for the reasons that I have stated, and for my good friends at Sports Bet, at $2.75, in a two-horse race with the CV of Jeff Horn, and there's one thing I keep coming back to. I don't believe that people know just how big Jeff Horn will be at junior middle against Tim Horn. Not and middle. And he's battle-tested, man. Correct. If I'm, battle hung, out, if I'm yeah. hung out the window, I'm taking the 275 Jeff Horn. Okay. Can I just say this? I want to put this or, on the record. Or well. Tim cuts him to pieces off the jab. Okay. I want to, I want to put this on the record as well. Okay? Listen, I want to put this on the record. Yeah. I would love to see Tim win. I like Tim. I think Tim's I a great, great kid. Yeah. Nice kid. I love his mum. He's good family. Oh, right? she's good. Anyway, listen. Yeah. But I just feel like this is a little bit too much to chew off at the, at this time. That's what I that's what I think. I think I think it's like he's not been in with somebody that's gonna do the things that Jeff Horn's gonna do. And if I, I hope I hope Jeff Horn brings his A game because he better, otherwise Tim's gonna carve him up. But he will, he'll cut him up and, but, pardon, and he, will he will cut him up. But, cut him up. But, yeah. but what I'm saying is look, no doubt about it, Jeff's gonna get cut in the fight. Tim's gonna get Agreed. cut too. Tim's Agreed. gonna get cut too. Tim's never been cut, I don't think, but he will get cut. If Tim, if Tim stands at close quarters in a game, he could say, well, there you go, Mark, he you're wrong there too. If he, no, if he, he stands does. at close quarters, he gets beat. But he does. Yeah, he will, he does. though. He does. Well, because you saw what he did against... Um, uh, I think Tim has know, to win off speed. Why, why Richie? And, uh, he's, Correct. Been, he's been getting into rumble lately. Of course. Even against um, Brubaker, he rumbled. Yeah, but he did that very safely against nah, Jack. But listen, can I just say... You can't it's, – it's not that easy to change your style right away. You know no. what I mean? It's like if you've been doing something for a certain amount of fights and then decide, okay, well, I've been brawling the last couple of fights, but now I'm going to go back and box. It's a bit hard. If there's ever and been one question Let me mark, tell you something. What was Costa Zoo very good at doing? Pressure. Oh, my God. And what is Jeff Horn very good at doing? <laughs> <laughs> he just said it. Pre- you understand? The, the amount there's of, only one Costa Zoo. You've already no, said no, that. No, but it doesn't matter. The amount Let's of see. pressure that Horn's going to put on him – it sort of reminds you of a Jeff Fennick, like a fucking Tasmanian devil sort yeah. of thing. You know what I mean? You're not meant to swear, and it's Friday. Uh, sorry, right. yeah. <laughs> I'm getting into it. And I've been worried about. So, I've been <laughs> worried about saying a bad motherfucker. I mean, I've been sitting here for half an hour because we're all being Billy, Billy, Billy. <laughs> nah, nah. And he comes out and drops an F bomb. Nah, <laughs> wait till I talk nah, to the people. Because I'm getting into it. But listen, on a serious note, yeah, the amount of pressure that Horn puts on, like. Sometimes I know as a, as a fighter myself, I've been in the ring when somebody puts that kind of pressure. I've been in with Gradovich, nonstop pressure for twelve rounds, suffocating. Right? Yeah, it suffocates you, man. And to be involved in a fight like that, it's not it's not pretty. And I know that that you know if the fight goes down the wire, and you're not in great condition, man, that hurts. That really. There hurts. was one question mark, and I'll leave a couple of names out of this. There was only one question mark, 
on Tim. And, and I, I, we've talked about very hard to breed the cold killer that was Costa Zoo from the base of the Ural Mountains that had one way out in life. We're talking about Tim Zoo, educated scholar, turns to boxing with other options in life. Yep. Isn't that beautiful? Courtesy Absolutely. of Natalia and Kostya. There was only one question. How bad does he really want it? Because the pressure's coming on Wednesday night. The pressure is coming on Wednesday night. Will he fold? Can I just say one thing? No, will he fold? No, I don't know if will he fold because I've never... Who are you tipping? No, no, no. No, no, I've never seen Tim in a fight where he's needed to dig deep. It's true. Ever. I've it's never true. seen him in a fight where he had to dig deep. Only fight that I've seen him dig deep Did was when he, got, the amateur nah, career? when he got knocked down. Listen, forget that. No, yeah. listen, I haven't listen. said it. I said, did you watch on, the amateur career? Can Ryan. I ask you a question? Has Tim ever won an Australian title in the seniors in amateur boxing? No, but no. he took it up very late. Okay, hold on. He won a junior one, didn't he? I'm assuming so. I think I think he did. I don't think he won. I'm, a not, I'm listen, not arguing. I, I'm not debating. I, I'm the, just saying the, something the, right the now, right? Yeah. So... In regards to seeing Tim in big fights and battle tested, no, I haven't seen it yet. It's still early days. It's only early in his career. You know, I I, I wasn't really tested till later in my career as well. You know what I mean? But it, he's taken a big step up early. This is like this moment for him is like me versus Morali, Zoran Morali. Wow. That was man. That was a hard fight. I tell you about uh, and, the and, South and, African. Yeah, so and that was hard. That was a hard fight. And I had to. I had to go to a place I'd never been. But I was at a mature. I was matured then. You know, if that happened earlier in my career, I probably would have folded. Yep. Can but I? I stop you on that fight, but I don't want you to lose your train of thought. The Morali fight. Again, we go back. I, I say the only thing I know about boxing comes out of the corner of Jeff Fennick and Johnny Lewis. Hmm. And the Morali fight, he had Johnny Lewis working the corner. And I'm not quite sure. It might have been 10, 11, or 12. Ten. Round 10. The, 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 the glove comes the, undone. The glove kept coming undone, JJ. <laughs> and i got to tell you, respectfully to the two-time world champion, we needed a little – we needed Can I just say there was a point in that fight in round – earlier, I think it was round nine, and, and Johnny Lewis said to me, he said, Billy, listen, no one will question your balls if I stop the fight. And I said, Johnny, don't you dare. Oh, Johnny says, don't you, I said to him, don't you dare. Kid. Can I tell you something? Tough kid. But while he was, um, while jo- Johnny's very like smart with the way, while he's put your hands in the center of your, and while my hands, he's undoing my glove, but I didn't even notice what he was doing, but he was undoing my glove. <laughs> and then, and then on top of that, what's he doing? He's putting Vaseline on the glove. So when you put the tape back on, it falls He'll off. He'll deny it. Hang on. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm serious. We're talking suspensions here. No, no, I'm serious. Whoa. Listen. So, listen tell listen. me again how he did it. Listen. <laughs> Just slow down because no, no. the kid's listen, excited. Listen, I'm telling you now. Johnny was messing around with the Vaseline and I don't know. Well, that happens because you work yeah. in the corner. i got to come to and Johnny's aid here. He was working the corner, so listen, he mixed up the he Vaseline. Did, listen, I, don't care, I don't care what he did, but he did a great job. Because yeah. what he did um, you know, eventually got me to the top of winning that world title. You know, and I want wow. I want it fair and square. Obviously, yeah, yeah. you know, but in boxing, there's a couple of tricks in the trade, and having Johnny Lewis is one of them plus factors. So I can say this, as Mr. Diplomat probably say it better. He he had your hands down between your legs, working on and talking to you here, distracting me and talking to you. Yeah, <laughs> but what he was doing with see. The master. He's a master. Of master. Listen, he's not going to tell Play me. Play the I, game. He's not going to say. And he'll bit. deny it. He's going to say, Mark, nah, nah, Billy's, Billy's been sparring without <laughs> headgear. Nah, nah, Mark, nah, Billy's nah, gone, nah, mate. Nah, Billy nah. shot the pieces. Listen, John, no, <laughs> he will. No, there's no way in the world that Johnny's going to um, tell you, son, put your gloves. Oh, I am. I'm going to undo your gloves. 
Yeah. He's not going to do that. You know, but he's smart. He probably saw that the tape was sort of coming loose mm. and said, you know what? The kid needs a little bit more time to recover. One minute wasn't enough. We only got another 20 or 30 seconds out of it, but still, that's the difference in winning a fight. Because you've already said it. In his defense, Your Honor, he was talking to you, so he would not know what he was doing with his hands. Can we let Johnny off the hook here a little bit? No, 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 listen, listen. (laughs) This is rocked. You know, going back to what I was saying is that I've been in, I've like, you know, I was tested, but I was tested later in my career. Yeah. And this is still early days. And don't forget, what did Tim have? 40 amateur fights, 50 amateur fights? Yeah. Not but, okay, he grew up around the sport. <clears throat> cool, no problem. So now I've got a, a, a young son. His name's Leif. Yeah. So let's just say my son is going to be in the gym with me, hanging out, whatever, whether I'm going to still be boxing. Probably not, but he's going to be boxing. You know, I've already got speed bags and that up in the house, and he already, I already get him doing all that stuff. Yeah. So he's going to grow up around the sport. Now, does that mean that he's going to grow up to be a better boxer than me? No. Probably not. You know what I mean? Like, but is Tim going to be better than his dad? No. The thing is, is that Tim had probably 40 or 50 amateur fights. I had 113 amateur fights. Yeah. You know what I mean? I've had over 50-something professional fights now. So, you know, Tim, Tim hasn't been in that fight yet where he's had to push to the next level. All right. So I'm not, That's like, what I'm I saying. I, I opened his gym. Mm. Okay. I opened the gym. Bikes are us for the sponsor of the gym. You're probably old enough to remember and probably saw saw the signs there at Rockdale. Yeah. I saw this young kid just out of nappies punching a tennis ball off the forehead. I saw the freakish. You're, you're not denying what I'm fr- no. what is frightening, frightening skills, frightening skills. You're you're talking about what's between the ears when the heat's on. I've not seen him tested yet. And listen, I'll tell you one thing about me, right? So. Even in my career, when I was at the top, mm. I tried to envision that I was at the bottom, right? I'll give you an example. So I, I grew up in an area called Ingedine, yeah. and I used to go running every morning, and, and the roads were nice. But do you know what I used to envision in my mind? That no, I'm not in Ingedine. I'm in Mexico in some war-torn country running through, you know, bollards and everything, right? Yeah. Trying to get to, to the destination of my five-kilometer run or six-kilometer run. I envisioned that I was at the bottom. I never envisioned that I was at the top because, and even when I won the world title, you know, you can get caught up in the moment. I never did that. You ask people, people say to me, man, he was so grounded and humbled and whatever. I stayed grounded because I was so, I knew that, you know, to compete against the best fighters in the world, the Mexicans who had, they're rough, man. They've been through a hard time in their life. Brother, I've been to the sports shop in Juarez. I'm just saying. When, when, when Costa fought, uh, help me out here, Ruales, yeah. Rafael Ruales, yeah. and there was only two ways out of Mexico, boxing gloves or soccer balls. Mm. But before we move on, because we've got another guest, who wins and why? You have not put it in black and white. We have round seven, Jeff Horn for the pretty boy, Michael Zarafa. Okay. Billy the Kid did, because you've taken us there now. Okay. Billy, who wins as, and as why? Much, as much as I would love to see Tim win, I don't think he's going to win. I believe that the fight's going to go down the wire. It's going to go all the way to the to the last round. And I think that Horn's just going to overwhelm him and you know, possibly a late stoppage. Hold your thought. Yep. Hold your thought. Let's check in on another guest. And I think I know who he'll be going for. This is Rocked. Well, another man we're getting on the line as we warm up to Wednesday night out of Townsville. Zoo versus Horn. We can't wait. The Australian sporting public, they can't wait. Well, as you know, we call him four-time and he's 
got a podcast up and running. It's fantastic. It's standing eight count. And uh, we thought we'd get him on the line to give us who and how and why, who wins the fight. It's also another mate of his, Don King. He's turning 89. I think 89 today as we record this is his birthday. My message to Don King on your behalf, Jeff, can he find that belt? Can he find the belt and drop it to five, Doc? Jeff <laughs> Reddick, welcome. Hey, Mark. Hey, guys. They're all good. He gave me enough money to replace the bill. He gave me more money than I ever got for a fight. So Don's all right. All right. This fight has captured a nation, Jeff Fennec. Um, Tim Zhu, 15-0. No one doubts the DNA, the skill set, frightening hand speed against Jeff Horn, who has who did the near impossible, defeating one of the pound-for-pound pound all-time greats in Manny Pacquiao. And then you and I sat together when he did nine rounds with arguably pound for pound the best in the world in Bud Crawford. Jeffrey, how do you see this fight on Wednesday night? You're in the hands of JJ Rocker and Billy the Kid Dib. Yeah, like I said, I am. Um, early on, I thought that Tim was going to have, um, you know, really had everything to beat Jeff Horn, but during COVID and um, watching uh, the Horns, the Rafa replay many, many times over and watching the Horn Pacquiao fight, and yeah, my, I, my mind changed. I think that happens in sport and happens in boxing especially. And, you know, I kind of, to be honest, I really um, punished Jeff more because of who I thought was in his corner and thinking that he didn't really have any direction in his corner. But, um, look, he hasn't had, had that all his career and he's still been able to beat Manny Pacquiao, came back and, and beat um, and Michael Zarafa and he's beat some other great fighters. So, um, look, um, the more I sit down and I you know, concentrate and thought about it, um, the more I, I, I slightly lean towards Jeff Horn. I just think that Tim hasn't been hit by anybody with the power that Jeff Horn is going to hit him. That's, that's what's going to happen. If Jeff Horn can't land a punch, it's going to be a difficult um, time for Jeff. But look, look at some of the punches he landed against Manny. Look at the one that he landed against um, Michael Zarafa. Um, he's got he's got 12 rounds to do it. I think that um, you know he's, he's awkward, he's fit and he's hungry, and I think that he'll do it again. And, Jeff, when you're talking volume and you talk pressure fighters, there's none better than yourself. Explain to the listeners and the viewers uh, how suffocating that type of style is going to be for Tim. Well, it's, it's even different with, with Jeff Horn. I mean, and where I suffocated him with, with, with sheer pressure and, and, and my presence, Jeff holds you, hits you behind the back of the head and, you know, he hits you with his elbows. And not, not, nothing intentionally, just... It's just um, the awkwardness um, in Jeff Horn. So um, I'm not sure if Tim's really as ready as he thinks he is for that. Um, like I said, um, it's easy to say it, but um, you, you, it's like I said, like Mike Tyson says, you, we can all say any until you hit the face. And I mean, I'm not saying Tim hasn't been hit in the face before, but I don't know if he's been hit as hard as Jeff Horn's going to hit him. So yeah, look, there are, there are a lot of ifs and buts, but like I said, my my gut and my, my mentality now is thinking that Jeff Horn just has the edge. Jeff, I just wanted to ask you, in regards to, you know, obviously being in big fights, Jeff's definitely been battle-tested. He's been in those fights, he's been battle-tested, and I feel, I've been telling um, Mark and, and, and uh, Jacob that I don't think that Tim's been in them sort of fights. He's not really been battle-tested. He hasn't been pushed to the limit yet. No, he definitely hasn't. You know, everybody was yelling and screaming, and he had this massive fight with um, Jack Brubaker. No disrespect to Jack, because I love Jack, but in Jack you know, um, was smaller than Tim, and we, we didn't have a great preparation. And then Tim hit Jack a few times. Jack didn't didn't go to the canvas, and thank God that I stopped because I didn't want him to. But um, yeah, Jeff Horn is is a much bigger 
person than, than, than Jack. He's got a different skill set to Jack. And then, look, I just think that, yeah, I mean, if you see the punches that um, he was able to land, that the Jeff Horn was able to land on, on Manny Pacquiao and that seeing the ones that he landed on Jack and seeing the ones he landed on Zarafa, man, if he can land them on Tim Zoo, Tim's in a lot of trouble. Yeah, and I mean, like I said, I'm not, I'm not, I'm, you know, and I don't question Tim's chin. I don't question anything. I said, but when somebody big hits you, it's a, it's different. Tim has been on the canvas, I think, once before. Um, but look, you know, when we've all been there, we can get, and, and he got back up and he, he was amazing. But I just don't know if he's ready to handle the the rough and tough style of Jeff Horn. Listen, and Jeff Horn can only win in in one way if he goes out there and he does what he has to do from round one. He can't wait for four or five rounds no, to you're right. his, in his groove. He's got to go out there straight away and try to hurt him like he did, like he did in the, in, in the second fight with Zarafa. Um, listen, Michael Zarafa, all he had to do was, was continue where he left off in the first fight. But no, he waited and he let um, Jeff Horn hit him and then he, then he questioned himself again. So, um, you know, Jeff's got to go out there very, very positive and, and, and put the pressure on early if he doesn't. Tim can upset him. There's no problem about that. But um, if he goes out and does what I believe that he'll do, and I think that he'll do that because I'm not sure he really likes Tim and there's been a lot of talk lately and I've you know, spoken to Dean Lonigan and then they're all saying that he's, there's a lot of hatred there. He thinks he's been disrespected. So if he takes that attitude out of him, I think that, yeah, I think that he, can, he can beat Tim Zoo. He, he may even stop him. I'm going to sit there with a Tim Zoo T-shirt on. But I'm with you. If I was hung out the window by the feet, sports better paying two seventy five about Jeff Horn a dollar forty one Tim Zoo, and hey, I know that hey, you yeah yes, yeah Mark Jeff. I'm 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 not saying who I am, who I who I want to win I know that I know that I know saying who I think will win and look um, I think that like I said I think Jeff Horn's done him the more I sit down and watch him train the more amazing I think his job has been as a, as a fighter. When I see him punch a pads, he doesn't even hit the pads. He's hitting his trainer <laughs> on the arms because there's no pads there. It's, yeah, that, you're laughing because, it's, excuse me, it's a, it's a fucking joke. And he's still being able to freaking beat these guys. It's just amazing imagine what, a, what a hungry guy this is. Imagine if somebody showed him, give him, give him to Emmanuel Stewart for, 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 for 12 months and then Jeff Horn would be – Jeff Horn may have beaten anybody. I want to ask you this. So I said – Horn, if I'm absolutely pushed. So tell me, Jeff Horn, who goes to junior middle, also Jeffrey at junior middle, he's he blows up. He's a he's a very big junior middle as opposed to the world weight. Whether he should have been in with Crawford is another question. But at junior middle, he's a very big junior middle. If you're forced to pick what round, your Horn, you're picking Horn, and how do you see it finishing? Well, I just see Horn. Um... Winning a fight, I'm not going to say either way, but I, I, I feel that um, Horn has the tools, has the strength. I think he also has the chin to withstand um, what Tim does. Um, will he cut um, badly? He may cut, but um, I'm thinking in, 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 in while he's throwing punches and getting cut, he's going to land punches. And I'm not sure if Tim's going to, like I said, if Tim's going to be able to handle what, um, what Jeff brings. Like I said, that's just my opinion. I hopefully... I've been proven wrong on many occasions before in the sport of boxing and in 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 in, in the sport of life, but um, that's just how I'm seeing the fight at the moment. And Tim, such a short uh, price favourite, is um, you know, is pretty pretty funny to me. Jeff, I just want to say, I'd love to see Tim win, right? I, I'd really like to see Tim win, but I just can't see how it's going to happen. I just feel like he's never been in with that kind of a presence. It's, I know what it is to be in with that presence. It's not nice to have a guy that's on your chest twenty four seven of that fight. You know, you're gonna to have to go to another level, and I don't, I haven't seen Tim at that level just yet. So is it, it, what, it's a bit know, too early. 
I feel you know, like, the, uh, great, yeah, the great thing is like, um, just, I, I had a surprise call from um, Jeff Horn's dad. He was just talking to me, obviously, you know, and um, he said to me how um, their training has changed for this. Um, he's not sparring really heavily, so he's not, you know, been in no wars prior to this, you know, prior to fight night, which I think is very, very important after a couple of the wars that he's been through with Zarafa and Manny and so on. So, look, um, I think that whoever's, they're with him at the moment, and I'm not sure who the father said was obviously helping. Is um, he's put a, a little bit of um, uh, common sense into the, into the training camp, and for me, um, I think um, uh, it's going to make a big difference for Jeff Horn. He's not there having wars, having to prove himself sparring. He just needs to do that in the fight. He's done that before, and honestly, like I said, it's going to be tough. You know, I'm, like I said, I've, I've been around Tim since birth, and his mother and father, yeah. and you know, and. Yeah, my great friends, but um, yeah, you just ask my, my professional opinion, and I, I want to give it. It's the same as when Matt Rose was telling me to say that, you know, that um, that Jack's going to win the fight. I'm not going to say things that I don't believe. Yeah. Jack's going to go out there and do the best he can. That's just just who I am, what I want to represent. I want to just make sure that, yeah, when I, when I say things, and, and I'm looking forward to I'm doing the commentary, so I'm, I'm looking forward to sitting with Ben Damon and, and Ted Kofi and just giving my my professional opinion as things happen in the fight. Well, you've um, got – Australia's got more reason now to tune in for main event on Wednesday night. Jeffrey Fennick joins the commentary team. I can't wait for that. I've had that pleasure of – commentating with Jeff Fennick. So I'm looking forward to that on Wednesday night as well. Australia screaming for this fight. The last word, JJ. Now, Jeff, just before you go, you know I never miss an opportunity to shout my team out. So scrap Jeff Horn. Don't worry about Tim Zhu. I want you to give us an update on young Brock Jarvis and uh, oh, Hassan Hamza. It's a, it's a bromance. Young this. Brock Jarvis. He's, he's, he's on the floor helping me at the end of the house and I'm just doing something. But, um, <laughs> we've, been training the, we've been training the house down and we're just waiting. We're looking forward to uh, hopefully making an announcement next Wednesday, guys. Or so on Thursday, we'll find out. The authority are uh, um, going to put in a you know a, a request from us and see if we can get a fight, whether whether it be a, just a, a theatre fight where we go into Fox Studios and we set up a ring and Brock will fight in front of no people. But we're looking at bringing in that guy who keeps saying that he'll not Brock out, that Mark Sleeves, whatever his name is. So, <laughs> so hopefully um, he'll take the fight. Yep. We offered him fifteen thousand uh, dollars for um, in our last approach, and um, he knocks that back with six weeks left to go. So let's oh. hope we give him enough time that he'll take the fight this time. Jeffrey Fennick, thank you so much for coming on. I call him four time, and if you know, you know he's the Hall of Famer from Sydney, Marrickville, Sydney, New South Wales, Australia, and there he is for Cape Constructions and his great mate Lou Zavanovic. Jeff Fennick, thank you for appearing on Rock Number Nine. Uh, thank you, guys. Good luck with you guys. Thanks, Jeff. Take Thanks, care, mate. Jeff. Thank Bye, you. Bye, bye. This is Rocked. Welcome back. This is Rocked. Round number nine, Mark Warren in the chair with J.J. Rocker and one of my favourite humans, Billy the Kid Dib. I once said the the greatest smile in Australian boxing <laughs> and, and it hasn't really changed, has it? <laughs> no, it hasn't. Two times. It hasn't. I believe his brothers and cousins are liking to, to Luna Park at some stage. Oh, is that correct? God. That is true. That was my like, childhood nickname, Luna Park. <laughs> I could actually fit my fist in my mouth. <laughs> there you go. The greatest smile. In, in fact, the last black tie yeah. amateur boxing yeah. that I did was yeah. at City Tattersall's Club. I remember that. Yeah, I think, was that your last amateur fight? Uh, yeah, 
Yeah, I fought um uh, I fought one of Tommy McCurry's kids um yeah. at um Tattersalls. That was wow. my last amateur fight. Black tie boxing at the yeah. Tattersalls. City Tattersalls. Yeah, that that was the original black tie boxing. And I remember I remember back in them days, I actually fought there three times. Billy, and can you turn your phone over? Ma- Ma- Mark it's used live. Mark used to uh, commentate the fights live, like while the fight was happening. So as you were fighting, he was commentating. There was a speaker, and you can hear it. Yeah, I could hear what he was saying. Oh wow. Yeah. He say, "Oh, there's the silky skills of Billy Dave." <laughs> <laughs> not, right, not, not really conducive to the amateur style, but Billy Dave, he's on the toes. He's, he's dancing. Not... He's moving. He's weaving. <laughs> Something, like... <laughs> Something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I fought a kid from uh, Tasmania as well on a show at Tattersalls as well, and I won that fight as well. Uh-huh. So no, I had good memories at Tattersalls. I never lost a fight there. Sydney Tattersalls now proud partners Gorgeous. with Sydney City Lexus. Wow. wow. Yeah, wow. wow. You see, there's, you know, people in London and Vegas and LA, they're saying, where's City Tatters? It's, it's an exclusive club in the in the city. There's two City Tats. Yes. There Pitt is. Street. Yep. And also Castle Ray opposite Hyde Park. Yeah, it was black tie. I remember it was like, it was proper black tie. It was, there was no joke. I'm going to say cool it. that? I'm going to say it. You couldn't actually invite your friends to come watch Correct. the fight. Correct. You know, it, was, it was whoever was in the crowd that was in. So no family members could come or anything. Oh, no. Yeah. True story. I did, back in 1994, before the Commonwealth Games with Channel 10, we had our, you're playing with your mic stick, JJ, and it's coming straight through the microphone. Not me, champion. All right. I'll, I'll take that. <laughs> I remember 1994, Commonwealth Games, we did the uh, launch from City Tattersalls. And in this politically correct world that we live today, well, I'll just say this. In 1994, no female had officially been in their indoor swimming pool at City Tattersalls. Wow. Wow. Women could not be members at City Tattersalls. Will I get in trouble for saying that? No. It's true. Well, that if it's facts, Mark, so that's fine. Do you know how, do you know where the City Tattersalls originated? No. Do you know where, this is not a trick question, do you know where the first racetrack in Australia was? No. Well, it's no trick question. So you, you, most of us, if you're listening overseas, I, I'm, it's a little bit of geography, but you'd probably say where? Ramwick? Sure. Ramwick? Yeah. Canterbury? Rose Hill? Something like that. It was Hyde Park. Really? It was Hyde Park. And people would go and settle pay the money or collect the money at City Tattersalls at the Gentlemen's Club. And that's where you would wow. your, that's where you would settle with the bookmakers. You see, you didn't think you'd learn anything here today, did you? And so it's a great it's a great little piece of trivia. Rod, Rod the engineer, slash executive producer, slash everything technical. It's it's nice history, isn't it? And so when I'm walking a damsel in distress down Castle Ray, gee, I hope it's Castle Ray. Is it Castle Ray or Elizabeth? Elizabeth. It is Elizabeth. Oh. It, is, it is. It is. It is. Say Elizabeth again. Elizabeth. Okay. <laughs> so when I'm walking down there, I often say, "Young lady, where's the first racetrack in Australia?" Do you really? You do, don't you? Yeah. And, <laughs> I would and, hate and, that. And and, and 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 most of the most of the ladies would say, get away from me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Police officer. Um, and, and most would say, I don't know, Mark. I'd say, Ramwick. And I'd say, guess what? Let's walk through the racetrack and walk through Hyde Park. That's lovely. 
it's you know that's a beautiful <coughs> that's good there you go that's that's city tattersalls it's about the racing industry bookmakers where you you pay your debts or you collect your money early in the week that was city tattersalls it was a very very exclusive club tattersalls tattersalls i was also told a club that i handed out a few beatings at there you go. Uh, Mr. Confidence is back in town now. <laughs> it was also, when I said, I did say a little, uh, there was a, that no women had been in the pool, allegedly, yeah. until 1994. And then we did the launch there, and the swimming team were there. So, yeah, that, that's go. true. That's not, yeah, just the way it was. This is rocked. Welcome back. This is Rocked, round number nine. On with the show. It's time for our Power Box five-question quiz with Billy the Kid Dib, two-time, in the chair. Straight into it. Your favourite fighter of all time. My favourite fighter of all time would definitely have to be Muhammad Ali. Yeah. Can you tell us why? Because it's, it's, it's such a it's well, so much romance. It's it, so much yeah. so much to that great man. Okay. Well, number one, my father's name was Muhammad Ali, or is Muhammad Ali. My father's name is Muhammad Ali. My father was born in 1950, and he was Muhammad Ali long before Muhammad Ali became Muhammad Ali. So my my full name is actually Bilal Muhammad Ali Dib. Wow. Oh, yes, that's a true story, but um. Growing up as a kid, you know, the first person that I discovered in boxing was yeah. Muhammad Ali. You know, everyone yeah. everyone used to talk Same. about Muhammad Ali. So yeah. it was just a given, you know. Um, and my brothers had a few cassette videos of Muhammad Ali's fights and stuff. And so growing up, I was watching it. But, but to be honest with you, the first ever documentary sold... Um, when We Were Kings? ...cassette that I ever watched, no, was Fennec Fighter. Really? It was a Jeff Fennick video. I yeah. remember it. Yeah, that was the first one I yeah. watched, Fennick Fighter. But I, Gray McNeese yeah, produced it. So I was a big fan of Jeff's. Yeah. I had never met him and I was a big fan, right? But um, And then I read his book, I Love You's All. Yeah. I was, I was so intrigued by boxing. Did but Grantly write that? I think so. Yeah. But the first, the first um, interaction with boxing that I had... Was definitely Muhammad Ali. Tell me why he's so great, because people don't often get it. You know, they, Listen, they Muhammad, tell me why he's so I'll great. I'll tell you why Muhammad Ali was great. Muhammad Ali was not great because of, because of just of his boxing. It was a, it was a, it was a it was a mix of Amen. things. Amen. Right. Muhammad Ali was a great human being. Yep. He was a beautiful human being, and you know, there's some great stories of Muhammad Ali. I don't know if you know about the one where he went into Iraq and saved those yes. hostages. Wow. You know, so he went and met with the. Um, I don't know who it was that had kidnapped these people, but he, he met in Iraq with them and like he freed these um these people. If you look it up, it's it's an amazing story. But Muhammad Ali was the people's champion. Yeah. You know, it's like this. You know, uh Floyd Malva says he's the greatest. Maybe he's the greatest fighter, but he's not the greatest fighter human slash, you know. Right. Muhammad Ali, he didn't need a bodyguard to walk down the street. Floyd Malva needs about a hundred of them around him to, I'm I'm serious. I'm being honest now, right? So that Muhammad Ali is like in regards to my as my childhood hero, yeah. you know Muhammad Ali was definitely the first one there, and then and then after Muhammad Ali obviously came Prince Nassim Muhammad, but Muhammad Ali was well he was everything to me when I was a kid. I had posters of Muhammad Ali all over my room. He you know everything. I remember my first amateur fight, and this is the truest stories of them all. Like so, my trainer at the time was Rusty Penton. He used to train out of the um, Sutherland PCYC. And I was having my first ever boxing appearance in a ring. And believe it or not, my first appearance in a boxing ring was against Tommy Brown. 
It was an exhibition. Wow. Tommy had Tom had had over eighty amateur wow. fights. G'day right? to Tommy. G'day yeah. to the boys at the Grange. Yeah, so he had over eighty amateur fights, and he was uh, an experienced campaigner as an amateur. And this was my first time ever getting into a ring. I rocked up to the weigh-in. There was nobody in my way, so Tommy was in my way. But he was, I think he was like a bit older. And, and so they, we did an exhibition. He looked after me. But you know when I walked into the ring, you'll never believe it. The robe that I wore on the back of the robe that I had written on it, Muhammad Ali. Wow. And my trainer said to me, mate, you can't put that on the back of your robe. And I said, yes, I can. And he goes, no, you can't. I said, he goes. And it's also the yeah. amateurs too. Yeah. And he goes, yeah. I said, listen, my full name is Bilal Muhammad Ali Dib. And he goes, oh, God, here we go. And I said, all right, I'll show you my, I'll show you my birth certificate. So I had to show him my birth certificate for him to believe me. It's a true story. Anyway, I got in the ring with Tommy Brown. We had a little bit of an exhibition. It was good, like, little yeah. move around. Anyway. Not even, I think it was like five fights later into my amateur career. And I only had five amateur fights. I jumped in with Tommy for a real fight. And he only beat me on a split decision. It was a tough fight. Yeah, and a, wow. man, yeah. That, a man that would climb through the ropes. Yeah. And fight, and fight for a world title as a youth, in the youth title against a future Hall of Famer in Chris the Dragon John. No, and he also Chris fought, John. I think he fought, in, didn't he fought in Jing Chi as well? Yes, I think he, you're right. No, he did. He, he fought for the WBC yeah. strap yeah. as well. Yeah. I'm just correct. talking yeah. about Chris John being. No, okay. Yeah, well, Chris, John, one, yeah. Chris John's an amazing fighter. I, that's Next one level. Fight. Next that's, level. That's one fight that I truly regret that we couldn't make it happen because, you know, at the time. Featherweight of the decade. Well, I was featherweight yeah. champion yeah. at the time. Wow. With the IBF, and he was a WBA. Was the timing right? Do you think the timing was right? No, nah, it, it was the timing was perfect, and I call, I called him out on several occasions. Yeah, and um, I guess I, I asked Tony Tolj why he never allowed the fight to happen because I think Tony was sort of looking after him at the time with Craig Christian, Craig and Harry and Tony and, he and just, Angelo. He, he said that it was there was no money in it. There was no money in the fight, but <laughs> man, it's a unification. Can day, I ask you know respectfully? I mean? no, yeah, we're talking about. The, the the WBA featherweight of the decade. Yeah. I think yeah. even he had one of the fighter of the decade. Mm. Um, respectfully, would you have been getting Chris at the right time? Yes. Okay. Thank I would have been getting Chris at the right time. You know, he, obviously Chris had an amazing career, yeah. but I knew that that was the right time to get him. Yeah. And they knew that I was the wrong fight for him. Yeah. And I'll tell you, at the time when I was IBF champion, I was red hot. I was on fire. You know, I mean, Billy had me in peak condition i was always in the gym and i wasn't one of those champions that you know would fight and then have six months off no i was in the gym the next day that i was i was hungry i wanted success and i really wanted that that um that fight with chris john it never eventuated everything happens for a reason but um i believe that i would have been getting chris at the right time you know he'd he'd been in some good fights well that's very you know that's very respectful yeah no listen listen, i'll tell you now chris is a great fighter and i've done a lot of sparring with chris because um uh back in the days then at the gym, Harry's gym in um, Perth, yeah. I went down there and did some work with him a few times. So you know, I know what Long it's like. Drive I know, from Sydney to no, Perth. no, I flew there. <laughs> I know, I know what it's like to um uh, to be in the ring with a guy like Chris John. I've sparred with him, I've done endless rounds with him. You know, so I knew what I was up against. He's a good friend of mine, and one of my great joys has been covering Chris John in Singapore, and then to introduce that man in Jakarta with them singing his song was woof for Mr. Raja Sapta Oktahari and Craig. And Tony Tolds, that man again, great manager in all the team. But uh, he's one of my fa- he's a lovely person. Mm. He's a lovely person, Chris John. But there, there you go. Yeah, yeah no, he, paths- good, he, he was a good person, and he had good people around him. You know, uh, Craig Christian obviously did really well looking after uh, Chris. This is rocked. Your favourite fight of all time, Muhammad Ali, and I think you explained it. 
it's about the greatest doesn't just mean the boxing ring. No, the greatest means true. the peacemaker. It means the man. It means the man that stood up to his government. It means the man that yeah. freed hostages. It means the man that said the yellow people didn't hurt my people. Yeah. It's the man that stood there, had his greatest years taken away from that's, him, perhaps. That's, that's what makes and, Muhammad Ali and, so great. And then, Seriously. And then a bloke called Don King gets money out of Africa, a dictator at the time, and goes into the fights George Foreman, who they say, well, you're, this is ridiculous. I think the narrator says something like, it was like Ali walking to a death sentence. Yeah. And he shocked the world. My God. Listen, Muhammad Ali's greatest years were robbed of him. You know, yeah. as great as he was, he could have been greater. They That's took true. his best years away what, from him. What about what Mike Tyson says about Ali? He said, no, 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 not Mr. Ali. He's, he's like a Theosaurus Rex. <laughs> he's, 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 and he's right. Listen, and Mike sort of goes, you know, he's, he, he didn't really he gets own, emotional. He didn't really own a body shot as such. He, his jab was like unbelievable. But that man. You, Listen, you know what? When Mike, Mike Tyson would tell it exactly like yeah. he's right, but I'll tell you something. Right? Real recognizes real. And wow. Mike, as, well, as real as Mike Tyson is, he knows how real Muhammad Ali is, you know. In Muhammad Ali's day, listen, Mike Tyson, he was an absolute animal. But, you know, compared to George Foreman and Joe Fraser, they were animals too. Sonny Liston. Of course. Muhammad Ali made him look second rate. Yes. It's true. Like, like, listen, forget the first fight against Joe, Joe, um, Joe Fraser. Muhammad Ali was coming off a long... Like, you know, he was out of the sport for a while. So he's coming back against a young... Joe's uh, always in the conversation. Yeah, always. But Muhammad Ali schooled him in them next two fights. And Johnny schooled Lewis him. says that Sonny Liston may be the baddest man we ever saw. And his story, well, that's walking down another street. He was he was basically owned by the mob. Yeah. But this listen. sums up Ali. Often imitated, never duplicated. Listen, there will be like one that. Muhammad Ali. I like that. Listen... Um, Floyd Malvaga, no, dis- no disrespect to Floyd. I like Floyd, you know what I mean? Great fighter, but he might be the greatest fighter technical-wise and whatever, if he wants to say, you know what I mean? But he's not the greatest athlete of all time. That's what I meant to say, because it's very Joe Rogan, this yeah, show. Yeah. That's what I meant to say. What, Ali said something once in an interview with Parkinson. I think, he, you know, what would you do, Muhammad Ali, if, if a man picked you in the street and wanted to fight? He said, I'd run like hell. <laughs> I'd run like hell. Any man who wants to fight me must be bad. <laughs> He's just too good. I love He's that. just too good. Yeah. I love that, man. And, and Layla, I follow you on Insta. And I met her once in Arizona, but that's a different story. And Ash, big shout out to Clarissa Shields while we're talking female boxers. Hello, Clarissa. It's a segue. Um, he has his bromances, and I, yeah, I. Clarissa Shields. That's all right. That's all right. That's all right. <laughs> <laughs> segue, and Joe Rogan will be on the show sometime. Anyway, as will Clarissa Shields. Big shout out. Um, oh, I got my, I got another jersey here. My Bondi boxing jersey here. Got to rep the set. Yeah, yeah. Um, Powerbox, I think, make those sloppy joes. Um, the next question, uh, favourite fight of all time? You know what? I'm going to say my favourite – I have got a lot of fights that I, I, that I love. You know, there's a lot of great fights out there. Gardy versus Ward, you know, there were some great fights. You know, also um, one of the fights that I really loved was Nazim Hamed versus um, Augie Sanchez. But mm. growing up as a young kid, right, there was one fight that intrigued me. And I always thought, wow, could I ever be as fast as these guys? Come on, it was come just on. A, it was just a showcase of speed and footwork and movement. And it was Oscar De La Hoya versus Shane Mosley won. Sugar oh, wow. Shane. Oscar was wearing the red shorts and Shane was wearing the black shorts. And I'll never forget it. And, you know, I remember, I remember after that fight happened, I went to the gym that day. And I said to my trainer, Hyder at the time, I was trained by a guy called Hyder Hamoud. And I said, Hyder, 
do you think I'll ever be as fast as Sugar Shane Mosley? And he goes, you can be as fast as you want to be. And then I'll tell you something. In Speed kills. Yeah, in 2006, it was my 21st birthday, and Jeff Fennick came to my 21st birthday, and he said to um, my brother Emad, look, I'm going to take your brother to Las Vegas to train with Mike Tyson. I was like, wow. I, I was, I was blown away, right? So here I am at my birthday, my twenty first. Jeff's at my Show birthday. Show us that smile. <laughs> and Jeff said, and Jeff <laughs> says to me, "Listen, my birthday present to you is I'm taking you to Vegas to train alongside Mike Tyson. We're going business class. That I, I could not believe it, right? I never, I'd never ever been on a business class flight in my life. I'd never been to Vegas, and so I was, I was so, so like, yeah, I was so happy and so wrapped, and and then I remember getting ready to head over there, and um. Anyway, so we so before I went there, I decided to speak to a company that actually makes wedding videos and see if they could cut a few um, highlights of my fights to put together a little video yeah. that I could give to some promoters and stuff. Yeah. And this is a really cool, cool, really, really cool story, right? So, in this story, we go for a little bit, but anyway, yeah, you got favorite time fight, favorite so, fight of all time. Now we got Billy the so, Kid. So we got watch, Billy the Kid. So watch what happens here. So I get to Vegas. I'm with Jeff, and Jeff's going to get me a contract to work with a promoter over there. That's the plan, right? So here I am training under Mike Tyson, whatever, having a great time. Then one day I walk into a shoe store. It's a Foot Locker shoe store. And there's a guy behind the, the counter. His name was Joe Me, and he had a picture of Princeton Seam and him holding, like, sort of like doing that. Like, so, you know, and I was like, I had another prince, and he says, uh, he's a good friend of mine. I said, funny, you should say that. He's a good friend of mine too. And he's like, yeah, he's, he's, he's in jail. I said, no, he actually got out yesterday. Oh, he goes, how do you know that? I said, I'm, I told you, I'm very good friends with him. And uh, then he says to me, are you signed by anyone? And I said, no. And he goes, I'm very close friends with Shane Mosley and Oscar De La Hoya and da 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 And I said, really? And he goes, yeah. And I said, oh, man, I've got this DVD. Is there any chance if I give it to you, you can give it to Shane? Or, you know. So I gave him a DVD. He gave it to Shane. I gave a DVD. I went to the fight, and on, during that time that I was there, Israel Vasquez yeah. was fighting. Um, uh, Israel Vasquez was fighting Juan Manuel Marquez's brother. Oh, okay. On a show in Vegas. Yeah. And it was a Golden Boy show, and I had one of the discs with me because Jeff took me to the fights, and Floyd was there, and everyone was there. So I saw um, uh, Eric Gomez, yeah. and I gave him one of the DVDs, and he gave it to Oscar. I asked him if he'd give it to Oscar, and he said, yeah, yeah, leave it to me, I'll give it to him. Told him who I was, no problem. Anyway, a few days after giving his DVD to Joe Me, he says to me, hey, listen, Shane wants you to fly down to um, LA to train with him for, for a day. And I was like, really? And he's like, yeah. So I rang up Harry, because Harry's my trainer, and said, Harry, listen, Shane Mosley wants me to come to his house. He wants me to like <coughs> basically go there and train and showcase my ability in front of him. Yeah. Can you fly to America so that we can go down and train with Shane Mosley? And he goes, yeah. So Harry gets there. So we organized it with Shane that we'd be there in the next few days. Harry arrives. The next day, we, we drive down to LA. It's only a three-hour drive. We get to Shane Mosley's house. First thing he says to me is, when after we've had our little conversation, he says, listen, do you want to go to the gym? I said, I'm ready. Let's go. So I thought I'm going to the gym to basically do the pads, hit the bag, showcase my ability in front of Sugar Shane Mosley. Next thing you know, you know, Shane's chiseled. Yeah. Like absolutely chiseled, yeah. right? Takes his top off. <laughs> Who was his supplements coach again? I have no idea. <laughs> How dare listen, you? Listen, listen, oh, I said it. Listen, listen. So he's, it's he's, factual. Listen, he's, he takes his top off. He's in great condition, whatever it is. 
And I see him wrapping his hands, and I'm like, Shane, you're going to train? And he's like, yeah, I want to spar. And I'm like, who are you going to spar? And he goes, you. And I'm like, <laughs> hold on, Shane, you want to spar me? And he goes, yeah. And I was like, oh, okay, no worries. I walked off and said to Harry, Harry, do you remember years ago <laughs> when Oscar De La Hoya fought Shane Mosley? And I was saying to you, do you think I'll ever be as fast as him? And he goes, well, here's your chance to test your speed. <laughs> you know? And I'm no, no joke, right? So I get in the ring with Shane. He's doing all these faints. He's making oh, he's making me so nervous, right? I'm sweating just from how nervous I am. And you said, can I have your autograph first? No, nah, nah, I didn't say none of that. I didn't say not one. I never said that to him ever, right? Anyway, so then he, he, uh, he's he got me all nervous in the ring. He's touching me with these left hooks and that. Come back to the corner and Harry says, listen, if he does that to you again, you fall from him and kick your ass. You know, you make me fly all the way to America. You better go out there and show him what you made of. 100%. So the next two rounds, I went out and chased him all over the ring. Prince has seen flying uppercuts, hooks from everywhere. <laughs> that and flashy amateur back like, in the day. I swear to you, Mark, no word of a lie. The minute that I got out of the ring, he said to me, Billy, how would you like to be signed to Golden Boy Promotions? And I was like, wow. you're not joking, are you? And he goes, I'm serious. Yeah. And I was like, oh, man, that would be a dream come true. And he goes, welcome to the team. Yeah. He goes, let's make it official. I'm going give, to give Oscar a call. So watch what he does. Wow. I'm standing right next to him. He gives Oscar a call. He says, Oscar, I'm in the gym with this young kid from Australia. His name is Billy Dib. Kid fights just like Prince Nassim Hamed. You know what Oscar says to him? It's funny you should say that because I got a DVD of a kid yeah. the other day and I was watching it and this kid got the Prince Nassim moves. And he goes, he goes, he's at my gym right now. And Oscar's like, we've got to sign him up. And that was the end of it. That was it. I was just right then and there that moment. I was signed that? right You know what that's called? What is that called, that's Mark? Called, well, you tell me in sales term, that's called preparation. Of course it is. That's Closing called preparation. That's insane. Because he had the DVD. He had the. He was proactive that had the DVD ready. It's called you made backing your own, yourself. Yeah, you well, made your own I, luck. I'll tell you, you something. Made, you I'll, made tell you, your own I'll tell you who came up with the idea of the yeah. DVD. I've got to give him the credit. It was my brother, Emad. Well, there you Emad go. Like, but do you know something? We <laughs> Genius. Were, we, were always, we were always <laughs> so, man. We were always so proactive in making things happen. You know, like... So the difference between me is that I was willing to go out and chase it. Ever since I was a kid, you know, I got on a plane. I went to train with Prince Nassim Ahmed. When I was, uh, you know, when I was 20 years old, I flew to um, uh, to America to train with Arturo Gatti. Yeah. You know, so I, I put myself in. You train with Arturo Gatti? Yeah, I did. Well, later you went when, to when, when, when Arturo Gatti fought. Uh, Have you fought, sparred with Arturo Gatti? No, no. I trained alongside him when he fought Thomas Damgard. Yeah. Uh Buddy McGirt invited me into training camp with him because their main sparring partner was a guy called Fred Tooks, who was one of my sparring partners. So Fred was working with Arturo and asked if I could come, and they invited me to the camp. So I was doing a lot of sparring with Jason Littell. This is rocked. i got to say this. This is called the Power Box. Yep. Five question quiz. Let's go. <laughs> okay, so we've got favourite fight of all time. And favourite fight of all time is Mosley versus Delahoyer. Yes. Right. And we enjoyed that. Right, because still got to put JJ under the under the hammer here, <laughs> and we're going to get this uh, all packaged together. Let's do Favorite it. boxer from Australia. Favorite boxer from Australia. Mm. You got set. Uh, you know what? I couldn't stop him talking about that because I, that's that's Billy going down his Memory journey. Lane. Memory lane. They, yeah. People need to hear that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My favorite. Um, my well, the thing is, my favorite boxers in Australia. It's split in the middle. Okay, I can't give you just one. You're going to have to. No, I, I want to tell you uh, something. No. Okay. okay, so listen. If I'm gonna, Help me, JJ. I, I, I want to tell you this, okay? The, the fighter who had the most impact on me as a young kid in Australian yeah. boxing was Anthony Mundine. 
So I have to go with well, Anthony Mundine. Chalk, chalk. He really impacted my life. I'll, I'll be honest with you. When I was just a young kid, we at, the of, at the age of 17, when I, when I lost at the Olympic trials, one of the people that really helped pick me up was definitely Chalk. You know, and even though I only fought on a few of his undercards, but Chalk made things happen for me. You know, when I fought Zolani Morali for the IBO World title, I'll put this on record right now just to show people how much of a gentleman Anthony Mundine is. Chalk put me on the card against Morali. He paid for all the expenses, everything, right? Mm. And I wasn't guaranteed to make not $1 from that fight. Chalk gave me $60,000 worth of tickets and said, do whatever you want with them. That suits right? you. It doesn't, no, no disrespect? Yeah. That suits you? Yeah. Because you were a businessman? Yes. A lot of fighters. And this can't, is not, do it, can't do it. Can't do it. You know. They can't do it. You know. Now, listen. Yeah, yeah. I had a good team around me. Had Emad, had my brothers, you know. Yeah. We offloaded a fair amount of the tickets. Yeah. Then Chalk said to me, Bill, if the fight does well on pay-per-view, I'm going to give you a percentage of the pay-per-views. No, right. one, no one would ever do that, right? No, no now, one. I never banked on it, right? But I made my money from the tickets, yep. right? We gave a few discounts and that, but I think at the time, I think I made about 50 grand. Yeah. Anyhow. It was big money. Big right. money. Then, then, and I won the IBO World title, so I didn't care. I was, what a night! I was, yeah, I was <laughs> yeah, strapped. Strap. Right. Yeah, strap. so, 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 so then, so then, uh, a few weeks later, or a month or so later, I rang Chuck. I said, Chuck, I'm going overseas in a few days. He goes, Oh, look, I want, I want to catch up with you in a few days. I need to talk to you. So I caught up with him on the day that I was flying out in the morning. You know what he did? He got an envelope and he put twenty thousand dollars cash in the envelope and he gave it to me. And he goes, that's that's wow. that's that's just for you. That's a little gift from. Thanks the, for making the show. Yeah. Underrated as a human, you know, you know what? Mundane. Twenty thousand dollars to us. Listen, not, listen, not listen. To us, he's he not. gave me to and listen. People can say whatever they want about Chalk. He gave me twenty thousand dollars when when he fought. The the minute that he fought um, Antoine Eccles was the minute that I knew that I wanted to be world champion. Because after seeing him, he beat Eccles. I was ringside. He got me a ringside seat. And when I seen him do that, that's when I was, I was so If he stays, uh, we talked about this last episode, Brendan Bradford, the, the greatest super middleweight of all time could well be Tony Mundine Sr. Guess what? There was no super middleweight division, but Johnny Lewis always talks about that could well have been his division, a man that won it at middleweight, the Australian strap, light heavy, cruiserweight and heavyweight, and possibly could have been anything at super middle. And I think that Anthony Mundine Sr., I would have loved to have seen him stay at super middle and along with Greeny, uh, enjoyed all the, all the rewards. I just think Anthony may have been something very, very special for a long, long time, guided down the right track at Super Middle. Anthony Mundine is the answer. So, yeah, Current, yeah, yes. yeah Anthony Mundine is the answer, but obviously um, Jeff Phoenix right there alongside him. Of course. I have to say that. And you spoke to him already, yeah. and I know he's a very good friend of yours. Yeah. What made Fennec for you? What made Fennec for me? Yeah. Man, he was just a freaking... He was just a menace in the ring. Yeah. He was a menace. Or a beast. No, no. He was, All of them. Listen, he was a menace. Like, the way, like, Je- Jeff was at times dirty in fights. Mm. But he, but, but he had Dirty? To, he, he tackled you. You know, he, and, like, he did what he had to do to win. I love that. You know what I mean? It's like whatever it takes. Yeah. And I'm like that now. You know what I mean? I, I'm, I'll be honest with you. I'm at that mindset, whatever it takes. If it means headbutting, elbowing, shouldering, whatever it is, I'll do it. You know what I mean? You got to do what you got to do to win. He was the first. Help me with the UFC fighter that, that that caught him with the shoulder. McGregor. McGregor with the shoulder. Mate, Jeffrey was doing that in the mid eighties. Yeah. <laughs> Billy will tell you. Fennec, Fennec's signature was moving forward and and then moving yeah, the head bump, with the oh, he'd, bump, he'd, he'd, bump, he'd bump you off and hit you with the right hand. Yeah. Yes. He used his yeah, shoulder all the time. He used to left, set up punches. He used to do the left shoulder and then bump you out left hook. All right the hand. time. Boom, 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 boom. But 
Wow. You I know, wonder if McGregor was Jeff, studying the Marrickville Baller. <laughs> no, no, but honestly, he might have been, Honestly, let me tell you something. Jeff Fennick, they have. Jeff Fennick's career wasn't a very long career. No. And it's because of the style that he had. But the amount of damage that he'd done in the amount of years that he boxed. And to who he fought. He changed three fights his life. Really, he should have been four-time world champion. Of course. He is. He's a three-time. We call him four-time. It is what it is. Look, yeah. you, know, you know what I mean? He lost a, he lost a rematch um, at his own fault, but it is what it is. Where he'll say it. This is so good because we can say it. Where he said, I became the promoter, the trainer, and yeah, the fighter. And facts. I carried away and he, he talked about all the women he was seeing. Yeah, yeah. He's done all, he's, the, he's, the, he says that in front of the, the kids all, are old we, enough. We, we, we all make mistakes. I'm just telling it. Correct. But Listen, Jeffrey, he, Jeffrey he, talks about it. He, li- he lives with those mistakes. He knows the mistakes that he made. He, he acknowledges it and it is what it is. It's he, in the past. He, he talks about the money that he was getting. He was talking about the lifestyle he was leading. Uh, never, ever. Drugs and Fennec, forget about that. But no. the whole lifestyle, and he said, I got carried away with it. And he said, Mark, success, success Mistakes. and fame. Yeah. Jeff Fennec, uh, he opened up doors for um, so many. boxing in Australia. Yeah. Then you had Costa Zoo, but yeah. Costa Zoo was more, I don't know, it didn't really, he didn't really open the doors for many um, fighters. But then when Anthony Mundine came in, he opened the doors for every fighter in Australian boxing. He really changed the, the path of Australian boxing. This is Rocked. Favourite current fighter? Favorite current fighter right now? Right now, current. Yui Dib. No, I love my Yui Dib. Why are these a fighter? Why can't listen. we see him on the undercard? No, nah, I love my brother. Listen, but I'll be honest with you guys. My favorite fighter right now in the world of boxing is simply Canelo Alvarez. Yeah, but Canelo Alvarez. I just love. I love the way he fights. I just feel like he's in a much improved fighter. You know, the fighter that fought Floyd Marva years and years ago was a I'm young done. kid. He's a young kid. Yeah, I agree with that. I'll tell you Facts. something right now. Facts. May well also be the greatest lesson that uh, he gets in a boxing ring. Yeah, exactly. But I want to give you an example now because we're talking – today is more like talking about Zoo versus Horn. Yeah, well, it is. Well, listen, Zoo at the moment is the Canelo, Canelo. of boxing, okay, against against Mayweather. In, re, in regards to talent-wise, I'm, I'm listening. the same role. I'm listening. I'm talking about – Achievement-wise, Floyd Malva was always going to beat Canelo. The, the fact that one judge gave it, was it a draw? Or? Yeah. One eight, and that eight, was eight. a split decision. They gave Floyd a split decision win. Oh, yes, that is true. Can you believe that one judge scored that fight for, I don't know what fight he must have been watching or she was watching, I don't know, but she's probably never refed another fight or judged another fight in her life from what I understand. But listen, Canelo Alvarez is an amazing talent. He's stringing back-to-back wins. Yeah. Like, he's, there's not, no one's even coming close. He's destroying people, you know what I mean? So, like, who, who can you even see that's in his realm right now? Not you know, debating he, it. He moves, he moves up to light heavyweight and knocks out Kovalev. Know, Kovalev, there you go, you know what I mean? Not debating with you. I think you nail it, really. Yeah. Although, having watched Terence Crawford with Horn at ringside and watching it so closely... Again, I refer to that man, Johnny Lewis, who thought the referee was the man of the match for stopping it when he did. But I hadn't seen a fighter being able to walk backwards, what Terence, I think, calls walking in the rain without getting wet. I've never seen it before. Apparently, Sugar Ray Robinson was able to do it. He could walk back, make you miss, and as he's walking back, counter. Yeah. Oh, phenomenal. Really, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was ridiculous. I, my, um, when I was signed to 50 Cent, yeah. my teammate um, at SMS Promotions was Gamboa. Yeah. yeah. Now, you know Gamboa was beating Crawford in the early stages of that fight. Correct. He was. it, it wasn't until Crawford decided to turn to Southpaw mm. that changed the whole realm of that fight. He pivoted. He adapted. He did. He did. But can I say, that's a true sign of a great champion. Yeah. But what I'm talking about, yeah. listen, what you saw against yeah. Crawford and um, uh, Horn, yeah. 
he, Mate, he was a, he was listen, a okay okay but what I'm gonna tell you something you've never you've never seen Canelo Alvarez live have no, you no 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 I'm I'm not dis- Billy we've got a quiz to do here yeah. I'm not disagreeing <laughs> I'm just offering up another name honestly this show today. Let me just go through no, these no, and no, answer yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> Let me tell you, it's an entire podcast. If you're going to really turn it up on me. No, no, it's fantastic. Current, current fighter. All right. I can't fight Canelo Alvarez. Canelo. Right. And finally, a fight that you'd love to see. And not Mark Warren versus no, Billy Dibb. No, this is the question I want. Don't no, worry no, about that. I oh, know, and I'm changing oh, it. Oh, man, I can't. It be. is a current fighter. That Billy Dib wants to fight. That's what I want to know. <laughs> now's, hey, now's the platform. Uh, now's the platform. They, they, a current fighter that you'd like to, that I would like to fight right now. Right now. Okay, I, I've got two people on my hit list. Yeah, he's got a hit list. Yeah, I've got this is, this is my hit list. This is who I want. Yeah, I would love, love, love a fight with Abner Mares. Yeah, or a fight with Carl Frampton. That's it. And to be quite honest with you guys, I was offered the fight against Carl Frampton yeah. a few weeks ago. Had to turn it down because of the COVID situation. It wasn't enough time to prepare, but I was in the gym training. I would have took the fight, but obviously due to COVID situation, I wasn't able to travel to the fight. Can I tell you about COVID? Yeah. Because that's your five-question quiz. That's right. Although JJ put a sub-clause in there and changed a little bit. Is there another fight that you'd love to see that that sticks out? A fight that I would love to see. And JJ can do that. He's executive producer. Well, well, you know what? There's there's a lot of big fights out there. I'd like to see. I'd like to see Zarafa... Versus Horn three, okay. or Zarafa versus Horn. That's an okay. You're talking on an Australian circuit, you know. I, I mean, don't mind whatever you like. There's a lot. I mean, look, there's a lot of great fights out there, but obviously, you know, I just the monster versus Jason Maloney yeah, interests no, that, me. That's coming wow. up. You know, that's coming yeah, up. That's, that's coming correct. up. So there's, wow. there's, there's, there's a couple of big confirmed. fights happening. There's a couple of big fights happening, but I'm just going to keep it where I park it up with Jay. Leave it there. there. we go. Listen to there we the go. rap. So Abner and Carl, if you're listening, <laughs> oh, Carl come Frampton, on Carl down. Carl Frampton. Yeah. Carl Frampton, oh, Listen, man. I'll, I'll tell I'm you one thing right now. It up. My name, My name is in the mix right now with those two guys. Right. And it, anything can happen. As it should be. This is rocked. As a segue, COVID, yeah. you mentioned that I think you said COVID, that, that, that flu-like virus. I'm all for protecting... Uh, 1.5 metres. Wear mask if you like. But yeah. to, in Australian stats for you. Courtesy of Sky News. Let's say Alan, our friend Alan Jones. Yeah, yeah, okay. okay. Australia, January through June 30th, financial year, and amen to any soul that we've lost. Total deaths in Australia, 55,047 people, blessed souls. Heart disease represents 5,175. I know JJ's now going to put me on a clock. Stroke, 3,497. Respiratory, 7,540 lives. Cancer, 18,000... The bastard of a thing. 18,959. Dementia, terrible. 5,794. Flu, pneumonia. Now, remember, no lockdowns, no lockdowns, no border restrictions. Dictator Dan and Premier Palaszczuk, 974. We'll lose 2,000 on top of that to male suicide. We've lost 463 people to this flu-like virus and we've stopped the economy and with that go sporting events yeah. and boxing worldwide. Yeah. You with me? Absolutely. Are you with me? Absolutely. What price the health of a nation? What price as a business person, as a business person, yeah. the health of an economy in Australia? Because, mate, this... Now I'm going to sound like Joe Rogan and do the conspiracy thing. If the Democrats win, you watch. I'm just saying. You watch. 
COVID disappears. Can I ask you a question? Yeah, yeah. At the moment. Hey, by the way, I'm all for protecting the vulnerable. Absolutely, please. absolutely. Yeah, yeah. At the moment, the restrictions are the restrictions. Yeah. Mark Warren, Billy Dibb, and Jacob Brocker. Yeah, 1.5, 1.5. I'm not going to change it. No. So you have to adhere to what's out there. I agree. It is what it is. We move through. It's about adapting. These are the cards we've been dealt. Yeah. We I'm move not going to the argument, am I? No. Do you agree with me? I, I, I'll be honest with respects. you, Mark, I'm pissed off that they've shut down the boxing industry. And, it's true. You know, they're killing people's jobs and people are losing their homes and livelihoods and yep. it ain't right. This is rocked. A nice way for us to finish yes. is, is our Australian Lebanese and our Lebanese brothers and sisters. Hold that thought. Hold that thought because we're going back to boxing with you. Yeah, I'm in the hot seat. So I have said... Because of the price with sports bet. Yep. If held out the window, yep. I'm going for Tim. Yep. Known him since as a baby. Yep. I believe Jeff Horn represents enormous value. I Horn. Billy is tipping Horn. But I want Tim to win. Yeah. yeah you're sitting on the fence as well. No, I want no, Tim no, no. to win. I want Tim to win, okay. but, but statistics says the what, Horn. You're not picking around, you're saying no, no, I'm just going to. I'm just, I'm just saying the And Horn. you said cuts, definitely. Definitely cuts. If you're having a bet, bet responsibly. Yeah. Jeff Fennick says Horn, and again, I think Jeff's going to be the, the Marek Vermola, four-time. He's going to be sitting there with Zoo Crew on, I think. He, God, I mean, he's very good friends with that family, with yeah, Natalia. He's very, yeah, he's very great, close. Great history. I know, I can hear it in him. He wants to be wrong. JJ, who? When we're talking this fight, and you're going to, if you compare resume to resume, yeah. Horn blows him out of the water. Yeah. I'll go on record as saying yeah. Tim has to go to a place he has never, ever been to. Igor, Kostya, Glenn Jennings, everyone else in his team, they don't know whether he can go there. They can't we will, help him. And they, they can't, can't help him. And they, they can't, can't help him. We will not find out what Tim is made of until next Wednesday. And let me tell you, I think that's the night he becomes Tim Zoo and not Kostya's son anymore. I think Tim will win a razor, razor tight decision. All right. That's a good that's a good pick. That's a good pick. I admire you for having the dusters to come out and say it because you were pretty adamant a couple of weeks ago. You were I was and uh, let me tell you Are you starting a few to, weeks I, ago? I, I, I know I want you to go back on it, but you starting to listen to it. not not me, forget me, I'm a buffhead. But Dib and, and, and you heard Michael Zarafa talk and Jay, are you starting to go, Shivers, have I weighed the you having that internal debate initially, that we do with boxing? Initially fans? when the, the fir- when it first came out, I went, Oh, Jeff might be done. Mm. The more I look into it, it's not the, not the sensible pick to, to choose Tim. That's just the way it is. I had a, a long conversation with my great friend and, and trainer Basil Nassis last night, who has incredible boxing knowledge himself. Yeah, he yeah. he can't believe that anyone would pick Tim, and he's got an incredible boxing mind. But there's just something that I you're, think you're tipping think, the X factor. I think Tim will just get it done. You're what thinking a, Tim's hungry. That's what I'm thinking. And there's something to be said about an undefeated fighter. He's got that chip. Oh, very much. He's got Duck that it. chip, you know? Yeah, the zero. The Some, zero. Something yeah, special can somebody, happen. Somebody's O will go. That's, that's correct. <laughs> well, <laughs> listen. Well, I'll Jeff tell, Horn's O has gone. Listen, if Jeff Horn turns up, uh, the same Jeff Horn that, you know, fought against Zarafa in the second fight, the same Jeff Horn that turned up in that fight against Manny Pacquiao, the same Jeff yeah. Horn that turned up against Mundane, then Zoo's in trouble. Absolutely. This is rocked. 
here in Australia, wherever you're listening around the world or watching us on YouTube or on our promotional clips, um, my involvement when I went to school, uh, 60 to 70% of my school were Lebanese, Australian, Christian. Uh, JJ, JJ is probably the same going to say, Mark, <laughs> mate, we had 80%. I was swapping Vegemite for Tabuli in 1988. <laughs> Amen. Yalla Habib. And you know that, you know how close I communicate. It's almost, <laughs> I can almost speak pidgin Lebanese. Um, Pig Latin. <laughs> <laughs> help me, help me. Amen to your brothers and sisters and any family in Lebanon uh, as this tragedy unfolds. And it's been a week or so now, um, more, probably two weeks now. Yeah, yeah. Um, tell us how we can help. I, through my accountants who are also Lebanese at Silverwater, actually. But anyway, there's a jail at Silverwater, but he's an accountant. And um, I, I, both Christian and Muslim people work in the same together. It's it's so beautiful. And you've ta- uh, Emad talking to Emad, mm. he told me a great way for us. If you choose to donate, is Oz Relief? Yes. Is that how we're going to get? Because no disrespect to other charities without mentioning names, there's fire victims here in Australia still waiting for those yeah, funds. How do we get the money the quickest to the people? There's a lot of great ways to get your money out there, but the, the most important thing is to look for the right, for the source that's going to get the money directly there. Yep. Okay. A lot of people are putting their fingers in the pie. That's that's the issue with the money. A lot of the money that's gone missing from the fires, and that a lot of people were double dipping. Well, their businesses also, but that's yeah. an eternal debate. Anyhow, anyhow. Who do you rec- who do you want if we uh, if you're out there so, wherever you're so, listening? So I I uh, think the one that my brother Emad's working with, mm-hmm. which is Oz Relief. Yeah. Uh, I mean, there's a, there's a few really good ones, but obviously, look, guys, it's it's a you know it's a it's a really big calamity. This is a really big calamity. A lot of lives are lost. I from and what the I, economy was from already what, from destroyed. What, yeah, from what I understand, there's over there's already over a hundred and something deaths, which is 120 deaths. There's six thousand people that have been over six thousand people that have been injured, you know. And there's over I think it's like thirty thousand people who have left no, been left homeless. I think three hundred thousand. Sorry, three hundred thousand people left homeless. And I can tell you one thing, Mark. My mother's family, who actually live in Beirut have had to leave their home to go live in the mountains because their home was destroyed from the explosion. The economy was already on the brink. Yeah, look, people are starving over there. There's no money. Political There's no unrest, food. Rest, I believe. It, it, listen, over there, it's like Christmas if you're having if you're having meat. If you're eating meat, it's Christmas for you. Yeah, because that's how expensive it is to have to have meat. At the oh, someone said, uh, uh, Mark, if you went and bought a carton of milk, you're talking forty dollars. It's like, it's ridiculous, mate. What's going on right there over there at the moment? The ATMs are not working. The, listen, the, if you had money in Lebanon, your money's been siphoned. My God. People don't have access to their money. You understand? Like, so if you've left a hundred grand or two hundred grand or a million dollars in the bank, you do not have access to your money. I say God bless, and you say it. How do you say? It? You, you say Alhamdulillah. It? exactly. Alhamdulillah. Well, God bless Lebanon and to our Lebanese Australian fans and boxing community, which are there are so such a vast number. A beautiful community. Last word, JJ Rocker. We're going to put all of those details on our social media at Rocked Podcast so people can find the right source. Hashtag Oz Relief. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. We've had a good chat. It's been interesting. We have. Billy the Kid Dib, the greatest smile in Australian sport. Luna Park, I'm told. Um, He's he's still punching. He's he's keeping fight fit. Yeah, We've we've been on a journey today. It's been a long one, but I've enjoyed it. It has. This is Rock Round number nine. Thank you, Billy Dib. Thank you very much for having me. Thank you, JJ Rocker. Pleasure as always. So that brings to an end Rock Round number nine with one of our favourites, Billy the Kid Dib. And until next time. You keep your guard up wherever you're listening or watching around the world. This is Rocked.